Tangar's heads on a man to man pole. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's Kivecast. Presents Star Space Station, the snap open space hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Steven B. Dent. B-Wing fighters and B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action. action. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Boba has a seat who's helping. Tech support by The Lobes. This month's podcast comes a little late and at just the right time as we discuss Dengar, review Plastic Galaxy, talk about a newest gentle website, and Ron Salvatore joins us to explain what car belongs. And then it's story time, in which we hear the tale entitled The Mystery of the Woodchuck's Cave, where Ron, Todd, and the mysterious Fluffy travel to Cincinnati over 15 years ago and unearth nearly all the existent micro-collection molds. Plus, the StarTot giveaway and caption contest on February's Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks. Welcome to Kivecast number 49. Well, uh, Steve, you know, we, <laughs> we just had this whole discussion, and uh, it's, it's actually February 27th. Right. And I'm sitting here in bed, and I've got the show notes up, and I'm like trying to like rifle through all the Gmail stuff, the Dengar contest. And, like, I've got this cold that just keeps getting worse, and I feel like I've loosened my voice, and uh, I got this worst wedgie from my women's, the women's <laughs> underwear that I'm wearing, and uh, it's... Uh, so, See, that part you didn't tell me about before we went, yeah, we went on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. So, uh, oh yeah, the website's still down. Um, I finally called them, and they said it would cost 75 bucks. So... Anyways, we're going to fix that. So we're just recording this now. And then, do you see how like tired I sound, Steve? Yeah, I can, I can sense it. You're not, you're not quite uh, up to up the sky. So if, <laughs> if we recorded this episode now, it would just be a disaster. So let's zoom forward to next Tuesday, which will be like March 3rd or 4th. Right. And there you'll just hear a whole new happy dappy wampa wampa. <laughs> Sounds fair enough to me. All right, Steve, take three. <laughs> so we actually recorded for about 15 minutes, um, but I was up in my room, and my son was still awake, and he was keeping quiet, and then we're, like, doing this thing where, like, uh, my ex-wife and I are trying not to be in the same house at the same time, but she was, like, cooking downstairs, and it was kind of distracting me, and then she let out my dog, who, like, started puking all over the place, and I just, my head wasn't in the game, Steve. <laughs> You're so, in it now, though, right? <laughs> I'm in it now. I'm now down in okay. the basement in the real yeah. Kivecast Studios. I've got Bo okay. next to me. That's my dog. That's my <laughs> Chewy. You know, we just watched Indiana Jones uh, 1 and 3 with my kids. Nice. So I'm in kind of an Indiana mode, you know, because right. the dog and everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, I, 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 think, I think we could do better than we did for those 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Thinking about it, I, I tend to be... Like when I'm listening to other podcasts, I find a lot of them seem to speak more quietly than we do. And I'm like, are we just loud and boisterous <laughs> jerks when we do our podcasts? But no. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you you are, but yeah, I yes, know what you I, mean. I, no, I know I am, but. <laughs> well, it's also too that I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of energy. 
So so let's just kind of hit. Let's just kind of go through and get the hits of what we'd already recorded. First okay. of all, happy to be back. I've been kind of sick, sort of like off and on, just like really tired. And so this morning I took a nap. I took a Kivecast nap, people, so that I would be ready. <laughs> um, also talked a lot about uh, the positive feedback we've been getting from last month's episode, and in particular the Ugnot Poetry Slam. I, I think I made yeah. some joke about tr- about uh, quitting the podcast in order to just do a poetry podcast. Yes, uh, yes that wasn't my best joke, Steve. <laughs> it wasn't that funny? I was trying to come up with a good example, but it wasn't that funny. I think I couldn't think of a Star Trek character like commensurate <laughs> with an Ugnot. If you have one, Kivecast at gmail dot com. Uh, G- Gorn. <laughs> okay, I, I think that's a Star Trek character. Um, I think my dog's going to boot again. This is Uh-oh. see, this is going to have some nice tension. Is yes. Bo going to boot? <laughs> how, how's Digby doing, by the way, Steve? He's he's doing all right. He's uh, he's calmed down a bit, uh, and you know, emphasis a bit. He's he's still a little crazy, but uh, no, he's doing all right. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of that. I talked about my friend Brad, who uh, who isn't a fan of Star Wars toys, but is a fan of me. And said that in the 20 years of knowing me, that's the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and uh, that includes the speech I gave at his wedding. Man, high um, praise. <laughs> yeah, and then Steve, we're going to kind of start doing a new thing, I guess. You're really into Dengar, and you've been doing some research into expanded universe Dengar. <laughs> um, so, yes. So basically, what was it that you discovered? If, maybe not read the whole thing, but what did we okay. learn about Dengar right. from the expanded universe, Steve? All right. Well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go bullet points here. Um, for one, he was rescued by some positive alien named Manaru. <laughs> <laughs> the two agreed to be married. Uh, he was recovering from his wounds uh, for several weeks in Mos Eisley, racking up enormous medical bills. That's that's definitely one that screams Dengar. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he realized that Jabba the Hutt had died. He went out there to see if he could find anything in the wreckage that was worth anything. He found, apparently, Boba Fett, who uh, he dragged out and nursed to health. And with his newly found compassion, uh, sourced from Manaru's Atani device, <laughs> uh, he nursed Fett back to health, and uh, then he went on to serve as Dengar's best man to his you know, during his wedding to Manaru, which uh, I, I just... I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Speechless. Yeah, it's a lot of amazing things. First of all, kivecast at gmail.com. If you know more about the Itani positivity device. Um, <laughs> we also had my movie thoughts, Steve. That's right. Which is very tied into this, that I, mm-hmm. I realized that Dengar... Oh, dude, do not puke on my computer. He came, <laughs> he came really close. Uh, <laughs> I realized that Dengar is probably the most uncomfortable person in the history of cinema. <laughs> if you look at him from head to toe, he's got he's got the head wound, which looks fresh, uh, and then he's got this horrible like cod piece that's like badly fitting. And I think if you just walked for five minutes, you'd get chafed in between your thighs. <laughs> and then he has this enormous backpack, Steve. What is the deal with the back? What does he have in the backpack? Air conditioner. Uh, um, <laughs> I think we may have even brought that up before. It might be a an ice machine. Who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't and, know. And actually made me realize, I wonder if anyone's ever done a Ghostbuster mod with Dan. Ah, yeah. Because he kind of has a – I bet if you painted it right. I'm going to put that out there to, to our customizing people. You know, We've got some customizing fans out there. Yeah, we Can do. Can you make a Dengar Ghostbuster? <laughs> uh, <laughs> something wrong in the neighborhood. You're going to call Dengar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> so that was the first 50 minutes that we, we redid, Steve. I think it's better this way, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, it's a little more upbeat. That's good. Yeah, I still left in the references to my dog being sick, but it wasn't quite yes. as sad. Is no. it Bobo? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, your breath somehow smells worse. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> and then I think last we left it off, Steve, was with the Sky Coos. That's right. Yeah, I think we need to uh, recap those. <laughs> yes. Okay. <clears throat> so first we will go with the figure. Fractured skull beneath. Pale cloth like white rose petal. I never smile. <laughs> it was this is, this not, is pre Manaru. Yes, pre Manaru, pre Atani device. <laughs> and then here's for the character itself Codpiece and backpack. Tree like enormous rifle. Compensating much? <laughs> Because that's the other thing about him. Not only does he have a huge backpack and badly yeah. fitting armor and a head wound, but he's also got this enormous, uh, enormous uh, rifle. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh, well, this is good, too, because this gives me more time to actually talk about poetry, Steve. Yes. Yes, that's right. I, I, <laughs> I, you were – by sending me a picture early, I got to do some digging on my own. I have a feeling I know where you're going. <laughs> so – for those of you who don't know who Apollinaire is, Apollinaire is a famous French modernist poet uh, of the, like, the late 19th and early 20th century. And he was personal friends with Picasso, and he did a lot of really great kind of f- crazy poems. And uh, He's a really great poet. And uh, he was actually shot in the head during World War I. Right. <laughs> and so he's very famous for having these bandages all over his head. So we'll do a, a kind of side-by-side here on the show. <laughs> Just to say, I don't know if anyone's ever pointed out that Dengar looks like Apollinaire, but if, if I'm the first person to do it, then there you go. If not, typecast uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> it is uncanny. <laughs> and, and yes, Steve, there does exist a draft of where I tried to do a version of Apollinaire's Zone, which is one of his famous poems about modernity uh, and antiquity, and tried to mix it in with Dengar. Oh, but- man. <laughs> See, that, that goes into the unproduced file that will be released in 50 years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many other people out there that are listening have a doctorate in French literature. Um, I think those would be the only people who'd really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Uh, well, gee, Steve, uh, should we, now that we've done the, should I come up with a drop for Did Sky Go Too Far? No, that's, that's not <laughs> nah. the show. Uh, are, are you planning on flipping the script this month? Yes, we do have a, a script to it's flip. really, really hot here. Flip this script. Flip the script. There we go. Okay, we're flipping it now. All right, so this brings us back to uh, a great passage that we had already seen with our, our uh, <laughs> Bosque with... Uh, the baggy face. I remember that. Anyway, it's that same same little line where they're kind of lining up all the the bounty hunters, and um, <laughs> this is how Dengar is is uh, addressed: Zuckus and Dengar, two battle scarred, mangy human types. And <laughs> mangy to me is probably the perfect adjective for for Dengar, if if not wounded, but mangy. Yes. <laughs> Um, so that that's interesting. The other note is that that kind of nixes anything I can do for for Zuckus when we get to him. But uh, <laughs> well, you'll you'll find something else. I'll find something else. <laughs> He's also mangy. That's good. Yes, mangy. Mangy. No, we're not talking about you, Bobo. You're not no. mangy. You're just a sick puppy. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, he's rolling over on his tummy. I think he's doing okay now. That's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. I, I th- <laughs> he just runs around eating everything. He's just he's become a menace. Oh, that's that's Digby. He's a, a canine vacuum cleaner. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. your garbage disposal, one or the other. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good, Steve. I'm happy to be back in the saddle. I really, uh, boy, if we had actually recorded last week, I don't know what it would have sounded like. You may, you may not be alive today. <laughs> I, I really may not. It was like, I'm ready, Steve. I could do a coach. Just put put me in. <laughs> uh, awesome. Should we? Is it time for the news? Yeah, I guess we hit the news, sure. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. Wow, well, you know, Steve, have you gotten your copy of Plastic Galaxy yet? I have. It's uh, it's something. <laughs> I, I think that's something that we can talk about in the news. Now we've actually yeah. watched it. Yeah. Um, what, what was your uh, initial take back? It was great. I was I, I really loved it. Um, I thought you know it was it was a good balance. The the original cut. And this is something which I think we could talk about in general. Um, I tend to not favor the stuff that's about nostalgia. Like mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the the facts than the feelings. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I think that's reflected on the show. You know that, um, like, if you listen to like Galaxy of Toys, they do more of the, more of the the nostalgia stuff, more the kind of from the heart stuff, and we tend to do more of like the just strictly what is Carbolon. Um, <laughs> s- spoiler alert: that's going to be the vocab word of the month. Um, <laughs> so uh, the initial cut that I saw, it, it seemed a little, it didn't seem quite as well balanced, but then it was just perfect. It was just the right amount of, you know, oh, I loved opening up the Money and Falcon mixed with these great interviews. And then the bonus features, right. Steve. Oh, yeah. Well, the bonus oh. features is where it's at for, for guys like us, I think. Yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was great to just see so many more familiar faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just the, the, the micro line stuff was great. And, uh, and I, I'm embarrassed to say, Steve, I don't think I saw the Know Your Lightsaber before. Had you seen that? I had, yeah. It's the, the, it, it, was, it was a while back when that was put out, and uh, I remember just laughing at seeing Yehuda <laughs> yeah. in there. <laughs> like, what, what? Is that who I think it is? Yeah. I think uh, that was no. one of those things where I said that I saw it, but I totally didn't. And, uh, okay. All but right. the good thing about being a liar and a cheat is if you eventually admit it, people... Actually, it's maybe a bad idea. <laughs> but yeah, no, and that was uh, that was definitely the kids' favorite too. I, you know, we watched it with the kids, and they watched the the whole thing. And the kids were like, yeah. "Are you in it? Are you in it?" No, no I'm, I'm not in it. You know, they didn't, <laughs> you know, you know, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm not in. It. Why is that but, guy from? Why is that guy who has a podcast in it? I I don't know, just because he is. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Django's got his hand in there, man. He his does. Hands, that's he's, right. That's, that's that's something. I mean, oh yeah, and he's in the credits at the end. So, ah, okay, that, that's yeah. you know, very there you go. very special. So yeah, no, I I just thought it was uh it was accessible. Like it, it's it's great for for hardcore collectors, but at the same time, I think it gives enough of a, a window for people that don't quite have as much passion for it that that we do to really kind of get a glimpse of what's going on and what the whole story is about. So I, I thought it was, it was well balanced in that sense. Like he said, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where if I saw that in 2002, right? Like a couple right, of years yeah. before I started oh, a year before I got, got into vintage, I think that probably would have pushed me towards saying, Hey, you know what? I think I will do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 
yeah, and that's that's you know along that's one of the one of the goals of uh, of of this podcast too, and one of the goals that I think Brian is trying to get get at in the interview. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so I think everyone already has it, but it's just so great that it exists and that it yes. was so good. And to be honest, Steve, I mean, he got heck or whatever for uh, taking a long time to put it out. But I actually oh, never, yeah. I never really felt like it was delayed. Like, no, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't either. I mean, he set those deadlines. It seemed awfully soon to me. So, I think right. he also deserves credit for. No, it's it's delivered. I mean, and it's and it's something that people will remember for a long time. So, You're right. Nah, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't. Bagging them for that. No, and then um, I don't know, Steve. Did you ever get the the update from our tweeter duder? Uh, the forum one. The yes. Forum update? Yes, I did. Yeah, there's so I, a, there's a couple things in there. I guess that is a part of our news now. Right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Trevor, the tweeter duder, he you know why he's smart, Steve? Because he <laughs> knew that we would have forgot to ask him, so he just sent it anyways. Because yep. it would have it would have jumped into the long line of. Oh, we used to have that as a feature, didn't we? <laughs> He's uh, proactive, which is good. We, we need that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so uh, I think one that jumps out to me is that Chris B. has created this website yes. for Star Wars toothbrushes. Yes. And this is something I had meant, I think, back when I was drafting like just notes for the show, back when it first came out, this is something I would meant to bring up. And uh, it, it deserves a, a look because it's it takes one of those areas that, just doesn't have the right kind of attention given to it. And man, it's, it's an awesome site. It's really well put together. And, uh, yeah, it was just funny because I think it was right around the time that I got, or soon after I got that dental health book that this was kind of getting put together. And it's just, I don't know. It's a niche that, that, uh, that needed something like this. And, and he did a great job. And so that's swspaceclub.com slash vintage dental health. Right. And uh, as far as I can tell, he's got everything here. Yeah, um, and I, I knew Chris had kind of been focusing on this stuff for a while, and I, I, I was hoping maybe someday it would be put, put together like this. And because he's a good, he's a great web designer too, so it it just had the right match. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I mean, I would like to. I would. I would hope that our site, that our show, is in the same spirit as this. Like this right. is absolutely. The total goal of the show is to hopefully be something almost as cool as this, but just in in audio form, because because <laughs> uh, here's a whole website just about dental care uh, and and vintage Star Wars stuff. Yep. And that's great because I didn't you know I didn't even post on it or anything. Um, I mean, this is wicked old. Yeah. No, it was back from October is when oh. it first came out. Yeah. Man, Steve. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna edit that, but I didn't realize it was. It's been around so long. I guess I got to yes. look at the forums more. Um. So what else is there, Steve? Let's see. We have. Uh, there was an interesting story about a a first shot find. Um, which I have to admit, when I first looked at it, I'm like, what's the deal here? And and sure enough, uh, this guy had somehow got his hands on. Uh, pretty much a complete set of cantina aliens that are our first shots. Um, and it's just funny to think that this kind of serendipity can still happen. And, uh, yeah, you know, Chris G came on there and said, yeah, it looks right. And, um, by all accounts, it seems like he, uh, he lucked out, um, pretty much got a full set of cantina alien first shots. Huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just funny because the details about the paint kind of being flimsy and, and uh, you know, it just all matches up. And you just wouldn't think that certain things like this would still happen, but they do. Yeah. I guess it's hard for me to believe. Yeah. No, it is at first glance, but... Uh, yeah, and, and I don't actually recognize the name of the person who you said came on and said it was real. <laughs> who who came on and said it was real? Uh, Chris Jorgulius. Oh, oh, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said some other guy, Chris oh. G, like G E E, like you know Dylan G <laughs> for the Mets or something. I've never heard of that person. No, no, I had to give the the full pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I I guess if it's legit, it's legit. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, let's see, what else? There were a couple of these, actually one of these crossed over with a news item that, that I was hoping to bring up. Um, it was, well, actually, I guess it goes more to the, the debate later, but uh, there was an interesting... We, I don't think we have a debate, do we? Oh, we do? Well, well, I guess not really. I mean, it was a, it was a question about, you saw the whole thing about the, uh, the Power of the Force offer sticker roll? Yes. Okay, and it was a thing of like, do we keep this as a thing, as a sole item, or should it be parsed out? And I, mean, I think that the common sense answer is to, to just keep it together. But So it's kind of a weak debate in that sense, but right. uh, I just thought it was an interesting story that, that the question brought up. But anyway, what, what had happened was there was an eBay seller that was selling a lot of you know normal types of items that all of a sudden started getting crazy end prices. And it turns out it was... <laughs> kind of a phony bidder from uh, where was he from? England? Nope. Oh, nope. <laughs> Good guess. No. Um, let's see. It was Israel. Yeah, fake buyer from Israel that was getting crazy bids, like on just common items, and the the sticker roll went up to sixty one hundred dollars before the whole thing kind of came to uh, the front. And uh, yeah, obviously it didn't really sell for that much but uh yeah that was just like a stemming of well how much did it sell for well it, it didn't sell period i think he was going to relist it and i haven't seen it again since then it may i just haven't been paying close enough attention but i know that after this whole thing came about where the uh the fake buyer was putting all these crazy bids he said he was going to relist everything so yeah it's just uh i don't yeah, know it's crazy i, I gotta say that roll of stickers is in and of itself news because yeah, yeah. I'd heard of those being around, but I'd right. never seen anyone who had any. Yeah. And uh, that makes me real uncomfortable, Steve. <laughs> Does it? Well, yeah. I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, I... I, I guess there's there's no premium yet on the sticker. Right. I mean, I don't know. There was... Uh, I actually got an a email from fellow Chewbacca collector, uh, Kelly, and we both missed this... Um, double offer Chewbacca uh, Anakin and then the free coin offer and it oh. sold for like 65 bucks and you know I probably would have put like 400 on it <laughs> I mean <laughs> like as far as things that I need like holy yeah. cow do I need yeah. that you know right. and if you had a roll of stickers and you bought a a 12 back Darth Vader and then you true. figured out how to you know I it's mean, true. I mean, I, I think it'd be I, hard I a, to pull that off, but yeah. I mean, I have a feeling that most things that that go, you know, pre-Empire, like crappy Empire Strikes Back figures, I think most people kind of give it 
you know, a little bit more scrutiny if, if you saw something earlier. I mean, sure enough, there's some that, that seem to have been legit that have come across, but, like, to, to try and do a scam with this roll of stickers, it seems like it'd be a lot of, of effort. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't I mean, know. But, yeah, it's... A super new sticker on an old figure. Yeah. Right, right. No, it, it would be involved, that's for sure. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I just think it's cool that one of them survived as it is. I mean, because you know what would eventually have happened to that thing if it had gone on its normal course but uh yeah it's it's neat I, i'm curious to see what what happens to it now after it, i guess it's going to get relisted so yeah i'm I, yeah that's uh it's pretty exciting um why this is so much an easier way of doing news steve <laughs> thank you trevor tweeter duder yes <laughs> um oh you know what I, there was one thing i think after i'd sent my outline to you was the, the crazy fx7 um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, it was more of like, I mean, sure, the, the price it sold at auction for like seven thousand pounds. Right, Pardon right. the uh, the loud bicycle or motorcycle outside. That I can't really do anything about that. But uh, anyway, it uh, it sold in an auction for seven thousand pounds, which is like eleven thousand dollars, which is just astronomical for <laughs> for an FX seven. Uh, but I guess you know the figure is in, in itself pretty rare and, and hard to come by, but. As far as an asking or a selling price, it was just like over the top, <laughs> like right. most things are these days. But uh, I just love the. There was an article on some uh, British news website that <laughs> it just made it seem like such a, a crazier. Like FX7 became this crazy focus of attention where he probably never will be otherwise. Uh, yeah. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they didn't quite get it that it's rare because it's British or this right, or that. Right, right, right. Just so I get you. Just definitely, it's one of those things we imagine people going home and being like, "Wow, I have one of those. It's worth seven thousand dollars." Yeah, $7, yeah. Oh, golly. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that was the the takeaway from that one. But uh, yeah, as uh, as we know, prices are insane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, well, the good news is uh, Bo has settled down. He doesn't look happy, but he's at least trying to sleep. Okay. Actually, he's smelling my stack of cardbacks. Hey. Dude, don't puke on the cardbacks. <laughs> um, and then I guess the last piece of news from the Tweeter Duder was about the shipping box thread. Oh, right, yeah. There was uh, an old thread from 2008 um, that that uh, pretty much showcases a ton of, of awesome shipping cases. Um, and uh, I think it was Todd G that was thinking about starting a new thread, but he found the original and, and just want to kind of rev it up again. And I mean, I've, I've only had one shipping case before. I don't have it anymore, but uh, they are, they are cool. I mean, do you have anything shipping case wise? No, uh, I had one that I thought was vintage, but it was modern. Oh, okay. It was one of those, you know, Kenner Hasbro things where it was Hasbro, okay. but they said Kenner on it. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's pretty. The there's the three, the three pack villain straight case. So just a box that once held twelve, you know, twelve <laughs> villain three packs. And what's cool is that it says villain set Cincinnati via Seattle, made in Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's neat the idea that you get the sense of how these things traveled. Right from the Orient to the Occident. <laughs> uh. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's strange. It's it's funny. Like the timing of this was was perfect. The other day, uh, my, our friend Sean uh, Kempel sent me an, an auction that was it was a case full of Power of the Force Buing pilots. <laughs> really, and, it, and it, it was kind of an epiphany moment for me, where like I realized why. I ended up with like five of these at a, a KB blowout sale back in the day. And like, <laughs> there are still cases of them surviving. So, <laughs> um, wow. no, it's, it's awesome. I, I'd love to, I don't think I need 36 Power of the Force B-Wing pilots per se, but if a shipping case came along someday, I'd, I'd love to pick that up. But, uh, yeah. Wait, and you bought it? No, no, I didn't buy it. It was like, it was listed, I think a starting price for $1,600, uh, and it just wasn't practical, but I, I did save the pictures and just just for for fun is, reference. But is it still up? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not sure if it's still up. It was a couple of days ago. Uh, I'll have to look. But uh, well, send it to me. You know, okay. <laughs> I could. You know, at some point you can deal out those B-wing pilots over over time. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, it really it really was. So uh, th- thanks to Sean for for sending that over. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no shipping cases. It's, it's. I guess my problem is they're huge. So like, where am I going to put them? Like, I, right. don't, I don't know. But uh, no, they're they're cool nonetheless. And I'm glad that that someone has saved them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I guess that's it for the 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 news. Oh man, now he's doing that thing where he's like licking a lot. <laughs> oh Bobo, you probably shouldn't have eaten all that trash. Yeah, uh, let's see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we haven't talked about Dengar in a while. Are we going to talk about no, Dengar no. now? We can talk more about Dengar, sure. <laughs> uh, have you ever kind of thought that he should have been played by Brian Dennehy? <laughs> oh my god. I hadn't thought that, but it's very fitting. <laughs> we haven't really done recasting Star Wars. No, no, that's wow. true. That 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 could be. A, I mean, a the main thing. characters are boring, but we could just try and think about. No, them. no, I, I like yeah the tertiary kind of background guys like right. <laughs> I like Brandon Dennehy as, as Dengar. I think, and we've actually already mentioned Brian Dennehy on the show in the FX Seven. We did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was in the movie FX. Oh, right. <laughs> that's right, man. This is good for those of you listening. There will be a third reference to Brian Dennehy in the next year. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, that's quite enough about Dengar. Um, <laughs> you also um, said that the Canada's greatest know-it-all, Scott Bradley, has uh, brought attention to some vintage uh, clips. Yes. Yes. And so, what, what are these, Steve? So, uh, I thought maybe the, the first one we might save as our, our commercial announcement later, but uh, I guess with the Academy Awards just having happened. Uh, before that, uh, Scott had pointed out uh, a few uh, Oscar wins for the original Star Wars, and, and they're interesting in the sense that, like, to me, Oscar stuff always seems tacky in a way, and especially in 1978. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's, it's insane. Uh, I mean, you got, you got Bob Hope hosting, which is awesome, but uh, yeah, like, the... Um, I think my favorite one was... Uh, the best art direction and set decoration because you have a bearded Fonz up there with Greer Carson. It just seems like the most random mismatch, but uh, uh, that, that's probably my favorite introduction. But the the costume design one is crazy because you have all these like kind of classy historical period piece movies getting introduced, and all of a sudden guys look like they're like coming from a celebration show up. <laughs> it's like Darth right. Vader and, and stormtroopers kind of mingling with all these 
high class, fancy uh, costume designs, and then of course they win. <laughs> right. Which, which, like, in at that point, you don't. It doesn't really, you know. Sure, Star Wars was it was something different, and you you realize why it was winning at the time. But now, like all these years later, when you you just see people in costume everywhere, just right. to see it looks like just you know convention attendees walking around on the stage. It just I don't know. It just made me laugh, but uh. <laughs> yeah, that's great too because uh, Steve, we recorded right over it. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I, you know, I've actually only ever met one person in my life who actually went to the Oscar. Steve, do you know who that person is? That would be me. Um, yeah, Steve, tell him about Steve. Got to go <laughs> to the Oscars, our Hollywood insider. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I mean it as uh, employees of the Academy Film Archive. Uh, the the biggest perk, I guess, of of our job is they. They let us attend the Oscars every year, and this is my first chance. And uh, yeah, I mean, we they put us up in the the top section, which is where they put all the staff. But our main goal is to kind of just sneak downstairs and just kind of awkwardly stand around all the celebrities. And uh, <laughs> pretty much all my coworkers made it down, which is, it was a good sign. Like I see everyone that I know, <laughs> and they're all just having a good time. So we just kind of hung around and <laughs> just now, watched now, random. Now what, what's the coolest? Did you have any good celebrity interactions? I didn't have any interactions myself. Um, I'm trying to think who the the best that I knew of. I mean, it was more. There were a couple of winners that weren't big celebrities, like the guys that won the short film stuff. Uh, we kind of bumped shoulders with and talked to a bit, but uh, and he just walked up to the bar and just said his Oscar on the bar, which is just it was just weird. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and so he's just <laughs> talking with his Oscar sitting at the bar, and it, it, it's just it was a surreal experience. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I don't get super starstruck, um, but just just the uh, <laughs> it was awkward but awesome at the same time. So. Yeah, that, that's the thing about, you know, because Steve, you live in L.A., and I live there long enough to know the whole Starstruck thing doesn't really happen because you see celebrities so much. Well, I mean, it's, sometimes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It depends. I, I hadn't seen that many. but really? uh, No, oh. no. Um, Man, when I was there within like three months, I saw Kiefer Sutherland like hitting on like three chicks at once at a bar <laughs> uh, on, um, I don't know, Vermont. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, I was a little bit tipsy, and uh, man, I almost like passed out. I was so I like wanted to go back and give him my jacket. Like I, I just I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And uh, and I once saw uh, Juliet Landau, who plays Drusilla in Buffy, uh, at the at the one hundred one diner actually. All right, there you go. Those, I mean, I, there were other ones, but those were, were the big ones. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, the the main goal, or I guess, the secondary goal for all the, the staff people is like, for one, they they separate us on the red carpet, so you can walk the red carpet, but you're separated by at least one rope and a row of security guards. But uh, you just try and get behind someone that's getting their picture taken, so you end up on like the Associated Press in all these photos, like in the background, <laughs> like where's Waldo style and. Uh, this time, or I guess this first time, I was, <laughs> I guess I ended up in a couple of pictures of, of you two, just kind of in the back, my little head's back there somewhere. Oh, that is awesome. Now, are yeah. we going to be able to have that in the show notes? Um, I guess. I don't see why not. I mean, it's, it's publicly posted on Getty Images, so, um, wow. yeah, and then my sister, uh, got a great picture behind Leonardo DiCaprio, which is just hilarious. Like, <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, she was she was more excited in that sense than I was, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a a trip. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> did, did you wear a tuxedo? 
I did. Yeah. Uh, I just, man, I hate dressing up, so I was, I was dreading it, but I somehow survived. I, I felt kind of like Dengar. I couldn't move my arms beyond my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun. Oh, awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah, kind of like in the spirit of. Well, I guess not February, because I guess they're March second or whatever. But well, I think it was it was late because of the Olympics this year. But uh, oh, is that why? Yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that uh, we should segue out of news with with a little commercial. Steve, who's our okay. sponsor this month? <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me make sure I get this right. It's uh, Snowbiz. Oh yes, Snowbiz. <laughs> Have you seen Star Wars? Remember that scene when Luke Skywalker lassos that thing and the princess kisses him and they swing off together? Oh, okay. The real reason I'm here is to tell you Magic Market's got Star Wars cups with all the stars' pictures on them. To get one, just buy a Snowbiz made with Coca-Cola for 49 cents. Mmm. Oh, boy, that tastes good. Oh, hey, yeah. Do you remember the fight with the laser swords when Darth Vader meets Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> Well, thank you again. I, I believe Snowbiz is a returning sponsor, uh, Snowbiz and, and Magic Market. Uh, yes. So that, that is an amazing commercial, and yeah. uh, it does definitely remind you of Chris Farley, where he talks about all of his favorite things. <laughs> it's that, and for whatever reason, he reminds me of that actor who was in all the Herbie the Love Bug movies. You know that guy? Oh, the, like, man. Like, the the mechanic. What's that guy's name? <sighs> Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> no man, I'm talking about the '60s one. Come on, <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that movie uh, at some wedding where they had to get rid of the kids, and so they just put them in one giant room and just put on some movie. And I don't remember who was married. I don't remember anything about it. So uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> but uh, Steve, I'm actually going to be surprising you now. Okay, I figured there had to be some kind of surprise. Uh, because we are actually going to be talking to somebody this month. All right, I figured we were. We're going to be talking <laughs> to, to Ron Salvatore. Okay. And he's going to help us with vocab. All right. I think he's going to help us with a sub-nugget. And okay. he may even have a story for us. Hey, that's, that's all good. And it's, you know, it's pretty much always a good idea to, to talk to Ron. Always. So uh, let's give him a call. Steve, we're here with the Holy Ghost. How's it going, Ron? I'm pretty good, guys. How are you? How are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh, you know, when we we called you up, you said, "Are you trying to sneak in this February show in early March?" But, uh, hey, man, I didn't notice. Hey, it's still <laughs> February. It's still cold right. enough to be February. So that's right. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like uh, February is a short month anyway. So I, I wasn't What's quite. This Dengar. I mean, nobody needs to hear about Dengar in February. They can wait till March. <laughs> Dengar. It's true, yeah. We, we've talked a lot about how he's the most uncomfortable character uh, in all of movies. He is. And he's like, I mean... I mean, compare him to, like, like who's more injured? Like, the dude from uh, Hellraiser, right? <laughs> Potentially. He's had nails in his face, but, you know, Dengar could have had nails in his face at one time, and maybe that's why he's got those bandages on now. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the Hellraiser guy likes it, right? Like, he's all S&M. He's yeah, that's totally like the whole Hellraiser thing. But maybe Dengar's into S&M as well. Maybe he, that's <laughs> like his connection to the whole Darth Vader leather black 
kind of thing. Maybe that's why he showed up at the death uh, on the Star Destroyer because he thought it was an S and M thing, and it turned out to be a bounty hunter thing. And then he just got sucked into the whole world of bounty huntering from there. Yeah, I mean, he does have quite you know the cod piece. And that's why he's so grumpy. He's like, this isn't what I signed up for. Disintegrations. Somebody hit me, whip me or something. I don't don't care about this Han Solo guy. And that does make sense why I then pop up in Jabba's palace as well. (laughs) Is he? I didn't even know that. Yeah. I'm right, isn't he? Yeah. No, you're right. What a loser I am Star Wars wise. I didn't even know that. Bengar is in Jabba's palace? I don't even remember that part. Yeah, no, he's he's like definitely out in Jabba's there? palace. Yeah. Wow, um, maybe he wanted the Mana Man to like you know just do the coup de gras and cut off his head and stick him on his little pole there. <laughs> yeah, that, the that'd be thing. another good custom figure idea. Tangar's <laughs> <laughs> heads on a Mana Man pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I, mean, I guess other uncomfortable figures in movie history: Robert De Niro in the Mission, where he's carrying on that big cross. That's kind of a deep cut. No, it's not a very well-loved movie. Um. Robert De Niro in the mission figure. Yeah, somehow I don't see that one as being all that popular. But No. But uh, let's see. One of the reasons we wanted to call you on, we I think we prefaced this call with the, well, I think. I'm going to do it later. With the vocab. Let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. 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 And it's actually kind of a trick because we actually just signed up for uh, fantasy baseball, and I always try to have a Star Wars related name, Ron. And so, but I thought, you know, and I always try to have it tied into the Red Sox of the 70s and 80s. You should just call yourselves the Therns because you love that whole (laughs) thing so much. Yeah, it's true. But I try to have it be more general. So this year we are the Bernie Carbolons. <laughs> <laughs> so after Bernie Carbo. Well, that's pretty um, good. That's <laughs> thank pretty you. Good. And so I, I made like a little icon where I made it like I made him look all tan and weird. But then I realized I don't really know what Carbolon is that much. And so I thought, well, Ron probably knows. So why don't you explain to our audience what Carbolon is? Uh, Carbolon is the the product name um, for the urethane material used to make hard copies probably around late 70s, early 80s. That's kind of a a tannish brown color. Um, a heavy material. You know that I have a Bosque, I think that's on the archive, that's made mostly of carbolon, and the arms are of a, a black material that's called, I think, Repro 10. But uh, when people say carbolon, they usually mean that brown material, and uh, it's kind of opposed to Dynacast, which is the green material that Kenner used later on. So that's what it is. All right. So Carbolon early, Dynacast later. Yes, that's correct. Wow. I guess I never really, Steve, I guess you probably understood that because you know about Star Wars toys. <laughs> I, I never really thought about it in those terms. Um, yeah, yeah, it's I, just the, you know, the name for, you know, you would buy the, Kenner or whoever would buy that urethane in a two part. Uh, mixture at some point, and you know they mix it up and pour it in, and it was a brown color. And later on, they started using the green stuff almost exclusively. So I mean, that was kind of the time period. Usually, late seventies, early eighties. Right, and so who who like who figured out that it was Carbolon? I don't even remember at this point. I mean, I don't think it was. 
me, oh, maybe someone like Mike Mensinger or someone like that, you know, got the name from some employee, and ever since then, people have called it that. There's other materials that are brownish in color that I'm pretty sure aren't Carbolon, but people still sometimes call Carbolon just because it's kind of like what people say when they see a brown hard copy. Right. Um, but really, I think it's that heavier material from the 70s, the late 70s and early 80s. But uh, someone at some point, someone told them that was the name of it, so that's... No. Seems reasonable. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it, so. it's funny because, like, I've also looked up, like, chromalin in the past, and almost everything that shows up for chromalin first goes through the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Yeah. And definitely everything that ever comes up with with uh, with uh, Carbolon, like, the archive is the first place. The point yeah. was like, wait, they didn't, like, make up that name, did they? Just to make it sound cool? Because it's like, <laughs> Carbolon, Dynacast, it's like, these cool <laughs> names, you know? Yeah. I... I yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, I never, I don't think I ever heard that name from an employee, but somebody else did, and I took their word for it, and so did everybody else. But I know Dynacast was an official name, because I have receipts that we got from Kenner people, like, for their ordering Dynacast that actually say Dynacast. And they were still making that stuff not too long ago. Right. Um, the Carbolon, I want to say someone like Mike Mensinger maybe got that name from somebody way back, and since then, everybody's used it to refer to that. But I'm not surprised that the archive is mainly the source when you Google it. Right. Chromalin, I first heard from Tom Derby, who got it from, uh, you know, his source for that stuff, when he first started selling those. So huh. that was the first time I ever heard that term. Yeah, that, I mean, that appears more often. Like, that's on DuPont's website and everything. Yeah. Right. Um, well, yeah, and also, um, because, you know, this, this show... Uh, is well, we're talking the Holy Ghost, but of course Gus is the God. If you go to page uh, forty-six of the uh, Star Wars prototype book, you'll see uh, Carbolon Dengar arms. Well, there you go, Carbolon and... Dengar arms. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's right. you know quite an impressive thing. But yeah, that would have been right around that time, you know, early eighties when they would have been using that stuff. So it makes sense. Right. And I think this all comes from Matthias's collection. Right. Who, yeah. do, you, do you remember, Steve, I said I was going to call Matthias to see I if do remember. I remember you saying that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely said that, yeah. I, I never actually got a hold of Matthias. Okay. But, um, Ron, would you mind uh, talking in a Swedish accent for a little while? <laughs> Fantastisch. <laughs> oh, yes, excellent. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well that's great. See, that's that's what one nice thing about vocab is when I don't do it, I usually learn something. Well, that's good because you need yeah. to learn something, man. After all these podcasts <laughs> I hear, and it's like, what? What is that, Steve? Is this what the Dengar? What, what Ewok is that? I think it's I think it's a front, Ron. I, I think he really knows more than he lets on. Well, that's good because you need to, you need to play a character. You need to put forth yeah. a character in these things. That's right. See, see, my character is a belligerent, arrogant, <laughs> like. Like intellectual, who like uh, doesn't know really much about Star Wars toys. Yeah, and that's not that's not at all me. Guy who's mean to Steve, <laughs> who's the nice guy. Yeah, but really, like as most people don't know, once you guys put down the podcast mics, you know, Steve just turns into a complete jerk and just, kind of <laughs> just starts yelling at people and throwing stuff around, ordering people around. <laughs> now, now it can be told. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah. Well, an- another reason we were hoping to have you on here um, was just when I was looking around for stuff, um, there was this whole Palatoy commercial line 
Um, so it was out of magazines, and you could mm -hmm. mail away for a free Dengar, and there's no way to do this image justice. Um, no. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah. now when did, so there's an article about this piece, and I see it's all marbly in the back, so I assume it's an old piece on the archive. Ron, did, did, did you write this piece? Uh, yeah, this is one of the, when we first started doing the special features on the archive in the 90s, which uh, the whole idea was kind of to have like more of a special focuses on certain areas and kind of get collectors with special interests in to help out with it. And this one was on Palatoy print ads, which I thought were really cool. Because, I mean, back then, I mean, you really didn't see anything like that if you were in America. And I think it was Chris Harper, I want to say, yep. provided most of them. And I think he's credited on the feature, maybe along with me, but I wrote all the text. And uh, there's a Dengar ad, which is the one you're talking about. And that one, it says on there, was provided by Heinrich Byrne, who's, who's still around. Right. Um, and so he should get credit for that, this Dengar one. But it's for the mail-away, the bounty hunter mail-away that Palto had in the early 80s. That I guess you got a Dengar. I think that sounds right, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's a cool ad, though. It's really imposing yeah, it, looking. It's got the great Paltoy Bounty Hunter logo, um, and it's it's got the text. Which uh, should should I read it? Uh, should I read it, Steve? Yeah, go for it. Should should I do uh, what kind of British accent? <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be up to you. <laughs> okay, you should do like a Dengar British accent, which you know. I, it, right, I imagine okay. it's sounding a little bit like Magwitch from Great Expectations or something like that. <laughs> I imagine his voice. Here's your chance to track down and capture Dengar, the most ruthless bounty hunter in the universe. Cut out the character names and three Star Wars action figure packs. Send them together with complete coupon below, plus 30p postage and packaging. And your reward will be Dengar. Free! Don't delay. Get on the trail of the bounty hunters today. That was well done. amazing. That was good. I, I think I shifted. I think I went from like Liverpool down to London, passing by Manchester. I don't know. Our British listeners will have to let us know. Cat you Cat sounded like you know, actually like a Cockney S and M enthusiast, which you know exactly fits into the death mold. I want that in my mouth. <laughs> Get the ball gag. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I don't know actually how to actually uh, quote Ron while talking to Ron. <laughs> um, you should but in, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about Steve? Can you do a Ron impersonation? Uh, I don't know if that? I can do that, but... Uh... Are we going to read the whole thing, or do you want to, to get the, the highlights? <laughs> I, I guess just the way that, that you put it, that it's the most imposing-looking action figure. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's a shot, which is from the absolute bottom, and he's just looking down at you. Low angle, man. It's like <laughs> which, of course, was pioneered by who? <laughs> oh, come on. What are you guys... Uh, right? I mean, Ron... A low-angle shot? Yeah, that angle from that low was first used in what movie? You're oh, talking about, uh, I don't know, Sky. I don't know what you're getting at with that one. It's a little movie called Citizen Kane? Oh, oh I mean, people used low angles before that. No, they didn't. 
No, like he actually <laughs> dug it into the ground. He dug it into the ground. That's the Citizen Kane aspect to it, yeah. Okay, I got you. He, he dug it into the ground. <laughs> Let's talk about expressionism in general at low <laughs> angles. <laughs> um, anyways, and, and another reason that I wanted to bring Lana on board for this picture is I think Dengar is a dead ringer for Joan Crawford in this image. Okay, well, now that, that was my next... Because you sent me a Joan Crawford image, and I, yeah. I just... I was like, all right, what, what's the, the connection going to be here? Well, that's the connection. Do you not see it, Steve? I mean, I, mean, I, I guess now when you mention it that way, I, I can... <laughs> It, it looks like he has kind of like, you know, maquillaje permanente, that kind of like permanent makeup look. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can see it. Like Mildred Pierce Dengar here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just seems, it seems to, maybe, I guess that could just be me going too far. Well, there's definitely like a black and white sort of like deco-y look about the whole thing, which makes it look kind of like a, one of those 40s films, you know. Right. And the sternness of the face, yeah, it does look a little bit like... Joan, Joan Crawford is always very stern in those movies. Yeah. But I imagine when you actually got Dengar, and he wasn't like a 47-inch high figure. And <laughs> 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 how disappointing when you get it, and it's just like this lame like guy with a backpack and toilet paper on his head. <laughs> I thought he was so opposing. No. No Dango Noir. <laughs> Dango. See, this one has had more title possibilities in, in yes, that episode. Yes, that's true. Like, there's been Dango Noir. There's been... Uh, Ron had one earlier. I was forgetting what it was. Um, <laughs> It'll come back to you. <laughs> I've been thinking forever of just calling it Headwound Harry, because that's what I've always called him. Um, do you guys remember that Saturday Night Live sketch? No, I don't think so. Uh, no. So it's, it's Dana Carvey plays Headwound Harry, who's a guy who shows up to this party, and he just has this massive head wound. <laughs> and, you know, it's just blood it's just all over the place, and he always, like, drops something and then accidentally sticks his head in the hors d'oeuvres and stuff, and, like, <laughs> he falls asleep on the couch, and, like, the dog starts licking the head wound, and everyone just gets grossed out and leaves. Um, but, yeah, that's massive head wound Harry, and that's what I've always called him. Oh, well, man. that makes sense. Yeah, it does I look think, like a lobotomy patient or something. Yeah, or, or yeah, Deco Dengar though. That's pretty good too. I mean, how <laughs> like did he just get his head hurt, or is it? Is he See, always? I have like a feeling that? it's just continual seepage out of that thing. Like it's, <laughs> I think he's always because I mean that that EU thing mentions him having enormous medical bills at, at the point where, but what I mean. <laughs> What the hell, you know? He's got to be just in continual pain. <laughs> well, can he get, you know, an FX7 or a 213 to, like, so. do something a little bit more medical than just a bandage? <laughs> so those, are, those are, like, good guy droids. They wouldn't deign to, to help Dengar in his, you know, awful business. Yeah. S&M and Bounty Hunter business. <laughs> Does he bleed through those things? Ew. Man. <laughs> Yeah, the most uncomfortable character in all in all of movies. Poor Dengar. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, wow. Well, then the, the final thing was, you know, we were going to record last week, Ron, but I, I was too tired. And then the, the upside was it gave you more time because I also said I was going to call you, Ron. And by calling you, I meant literally 10 minutes before we recorded. I was like, hey, do you want to come on the show and tell a story? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, well, I'll try. <laughs> but uh, would you, should I put in a story time drop and you can regale us once again? I have prepared this time. Here's an oldie but goodie. Once upon a time. Long ago. 
Tikalo Carbon. Tikalo Carbon Story Time. Okay. All right, Ron. We are now sitting,、uh, ready for our Tikalo Carbon Story Time. I've got my, my my dog curled up next to me, ready to listen. All right. Good. I hope it's a story that your dog would appreciate, though. I, I somewhat doubt it. But、uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, when you asked for a story, the, the first thing that came to mind was、um, uh, the first find of、um, basically silicon molds as well as some coin stuff that happened. I think it was in 2000, and、uh, the reason it occurred to me was that on one of the Facebook groups that people post on, you know, Star Wars stuff, it, it came up recently because I had some photos of it and、uh, got me to thinking about that whole. Find and it's kind of an interesting one that I don't think's ever really been recounted, you know, in a public forum or anything. Well, maybe maybe on some old Rebel Scum post it has, or but not certainly not in a podcast or anything like that. And、uh, basically, it、um, started when、um, Todd Chamberlain,、uh, the collector formerly known as Prince, who who should we what should we refer to him as? Oh, Fluffy. Fluffy. Okay, Todd Chamberlain, Fluffy, and myself、uh, made a trip to Cincinnati in, I believe, it was July of '99. Okay. To,、um, you know, this is one of the earlier trips we made out there to meet with a bunch of people. It was actually a really fruitful trip out there when we first started going out to Cincinnati. We were kind of, you know, rough around the edges, neophytes at this point, and just kind of giddy to talk to people. And you know, if we could buy some stuff, then great. And we met with a bunch of people. When we went out there. It was a really hot July, and one of the guys we met with was this guy who used to work at Kenner, probably in the late, early '80s, and、uh, had actually had a funny story when he worked there, where, where he was a, basically a, a grunt,、uh, accidentally backed a truck into Bernie Loomis's car. <laughs> one of his funny Star Wars stories was that you know when he worked there as this you know peon, he had ruined Bernie Loomis's, the president of Kenner's, president of Kenner's car. But so he moved on later. That's like a that's like a sitcom thing, you know. Like, don't yeah, let the I mean, you know don't let the boss you know. I mean, running into your boss's car—that's pretty bad. The guy who basically is responsible for all Star Wars toys. Yeah, yeah. you can imagine them coming out there. That Bernie runs out with smoke coming out of his ears, and he's like, "Damn <laughs> you!" But, so you know, that was just one of his funny stories. He's a kenner, but he was only there for a little while, and then he left. I, partly because I think he saw the opportunity to leave and make more money doing contract work for them. Huh. So he he, he left, and、uh, he had an. He was an interesting little guy, you know, a little kind of bald guy. Was you know talked funny and you know fun guy, just always something funny to say. And like he had an interesting nickname. So、uh, this isn't his actual nickname, but I'll just call him Woodchuck. Okay. Call him Woodchuck because he was kind of like a woodchuck. All right. And,、uh, and we never called him by his real name. We always called him by the nickname. So、um, he started up this company.、Um, That was in Cincinnati, and that would basically he made most of Kenner's hard copies and stuff for them, for figures and micro stuff, you know, from the you know '82 or so to you know the end, probably close to the end of the line.、Wow. And so you know he knew people there, and that was a great business for him. You know, it was like a prototyping business. They did injection molding as well as like you know making prototype kind of stuff with molds and and, and urethanes and stuff like that. So. We visited him for the first time, and he was still running this company. 
I went out to his place and I met in this little like wood paneled room, you know, a conversation, you know, a, a meeting room at this little tiny shop that he had. And we're in there with him and his buddy who also used to work at Kenner, who now worked for Woodchuck. And we're sitting there and, you know, just shooting the bull, you know, not really expecting much. And, you know, he's pulling out some things, you know, mentioning some stories like the, the Bernie Loomis's truck, the Bernie Loomis's car thing. You know, one of the things he showed us was a, a two-up pattern for the Han Solo large figure gun, which was really impressive. Huh. We're like, oh man, you know, this guy's got some good stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, he, he'd save that somehow when he was, I think he was working in the model shop at the time. He managed to save that and had kept it. He didn't want to sell it. We're like, oh, that's really cool. And you know, we kind of built up a good rapport with him. His buddy brought in a, 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 one of those Yoda heads from the um, early prototype of the, the, the puppet, you know, one of those roto molded. Right. Yoda heads, and we're like, oh, that was cool, you know, and he's, you know, we're just kind of getting a feel for these guys and thinking, oh, maybe in the future we can buy some stuff. So after we finished talking to him, we're like, all right, man, thanks, Woodchuck, thanks for showing us around, it was awesome. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 let me show you some stuff back here. And we walk back into his shop, you know, walk through all the injection molding machines, people are working and stuff, takes us to the storage room, reaches up on a shelf, pulls out this, like, square box, opens it up, and starts pulling out all these four-up micro hard copies, you know, and at that point in time, Four ups were not that common, you know. There'd been one guy around, I think, in Canada who'd had a find a few years before, but I mean, it was just you didn't see that stuff that much. I mean, you still don't, you know. But so they, they were just good stuff, you know. They were all kind of like messed up, you know. They looked like reject castings that maybe he had made and never sent to Kenner because there was problems with them. Right. And he just pulls them down, and we're like, oh yeah. And he's like, what are these things worth? And we're like, you know. We're, kind of telling them a few hundred bucks each at least, you know. I mean, that's pretty good. And he just, looking around, he's like, all right, man. And he just hands the box to Todd or whatever, you know, just gives him the box. We're like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, you take it. And we're like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, sell this stuff for me. He's like, you know, if you, think, if you say it's worth this much, you guys should be able to sell it. We're just like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, how do you, do you want to work this out, like on paper or anything? He's like, He's like, I trust you guys. He's like, anyway, he goes, I know where you live. <laughs> Just like that. He's like, I know where you live. Like, okay. Like, and after we got in the car with that stuff, we're like, you know, I really get the sense that he has looked into this and he knows where we live. <laughs> and, and those guys are like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's messing around. So we're like, well, okay. I mean, that's cool. Like, we'll work out something where we'll sell this stuff for him. And obviously we were thinking, like, maybe we'll buy a couple of pieces ourselves and, you know, and that kind of thing. Right. But we're like, we better not, we better get him what we told him we were going to get him because this could lead to other stuff. So, you know, we, long story short, we ended up selling all that stuff. We brought it to like an Ohio meeting. At the same trip, we, brought, we went to one of those Ohio collectors meetings, and I think we may have sold a couple pieces there. But all that stuff ended up getting sold. And um, gave him the money and all that stuff, and he was happy with it. And, you know, this is a few months later now, like we gave him the money through the mail. And he called one of us and was like, well, I got some other stuff, you know, some coin-related stuff. Basically, soft copies, which we were familiar with because Chris Fawcett had had a find of that stuff earlier, which was the first time anyone had ever seen soft copies. Right, which is featured on episode number whatever. With yeah, Chris Fawcett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a couple episodes ago, right? It was like maybe a year ago? That's yeah, yeah. Definitely. I remember listening to that one. This is a good so episode. He, what, what episode was that? 
It's the Han Hoth episode. Yeah, I don't know yeah. What go number. back to the Han Hoth episode if you're interested in uh, the other half of the of the coin story. There you go, man. Way to work in, you know, a plug for your earlier stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so he mentioned that stuff. And we're like, yeah, we're familiar with those, and it was like mysterious to us why he would have had some, and then Chris's you know, contact would have had some, and then it turned out, like, there was also a recent find of that stuff that just happened, you know, uh, you know last year, a couple of years ago. You know, Will Grief and some other game, Gus, ended up getting a lot of that stuff, and, you know, it was another big, great find. But it's, you know, it was mysterious at that point why there's different people would have had these things. But he had some, we're like, yeah, we're familiar with those, you know. And he also had, and he's like, oh, I got some urethanes, too, you know, of, of those things. And we're like, never heard of that you know like okay he's like basically it's just you know hard copies of the coins six up size like they're white and whatnot and like at this point this is like 2000 or 99 something like that and it wasn't that common in images on the internet or anything so it's like we're just going on descriptions of what he had right and he kind of mentioned the volume. We're like, whoa, man, this sounds pretty major. <laughs> I remember him faxing me. You know, at that point, he faxed me. Again, this is before it was easy to send stuff on. I don't know if you even know if he was on email, to be honest. Right. He faxed me a list of what he had. And we're like, whoa, you know, this is a lot of stuff. And the same thing. He's like, just come out and get it, man. You, same deals with the, as with those four-ups. And we're like, okay, like, don't want to wait too long on this. <laughs> At that point, I was still in college, I believe. Anyway, we decided we needed to get out there right away to get the stuff, just to pick it up. And um, he and so me and Fluffy decided that we had to get out there. And I think Todd couldn't make it for some reason, but we met at Todd's place. So I drove to Todd's at like you know 5 p.m. you know on a Friday or something like that, or on a Saturday maybe. I can't you know it was something like that. And Fluffy was supposed to meet me around that time. Turns out he shows up at like 10 p.m. Because you know? <laughs> he had a date or something. Oh. <laughs> I, I was like throwing a fit when he got there. And we drove all night. You know, basically I drove all night while he slept and smoked cigarettes. You know, being in the car with Fluffy is a little bit like being in that little Naboo submarine with Jar Jar Binks, you know, for like... <laughs> 12 hours driving out there. He's smoking and sleeping and, and farting and whatever. That sounds so a lot cooler out. than being in the car with Bongo. I mean, the Bongo with Jar Jar. <laughs> I mean, probably. But we finally we get out there, you know, early morning, I think, or I can't even remember now, you know, in, in the noon, maybe something like that. And, you know, we take it easy for a little while. And then we meet up with um, Woodchuck's co-worker, at a bar and his wife and we you know, shoot the bull with them for a while and because you know we're supposed to meet with woodchuck the next day and which i mean uh fluffy i'm getting my code name mixed up here. <laughs> fluffy meets some waitress at the bar and gets her number <laughs> i'm just like i can't believe this guy like, like we're not out here for this man we're out here to find this stuff not for you to meet girls and we went back to uh you know woodchuck's co-worker's place and you know Met him for the first time, and that ended up being a good lead. He had uh, the four-up micro micro presentation piece that you may see on the archives. I think Chris oh, okay. Julius has it now. 
Yeah. But he had that, and we ended up getting that later on. He had some other stuff. But we spent a couple hours at his place with him and his whole family, like just shooting the bull about Kenner. You know, those guys, he had all these great stories, and they were all into it. And this is in days before cell phones, too. So Fluffy had to use their phone to call his his hookup for that night. <laughs> and set up his date, and I'm like, all right, man, I'm going back to the hotel and going to sleep because I drove all night to get here. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. We went back to the place. Went to bed at 3 a.m. He calls me, you know, drunk, saying, "Oh man, he's got another girl. You have to come out." And I'm like, "I'm going to bed. <laughs> Stop bugging me." You know, but I get up in the morning and miraculously he's back at the hotel. He must have taken a cab back or something like that. Right. And just and, uh, just to have a, a picture in your head. Just imagine a chain smoking, hard drinking, womanizing Jar Jar, and that's how you should have fluffy yeah, in your head. Because like, that's how I'm seeing it in my head. It's like, Misa, make another call, Ron Ron. This is like <laughs> the whole dynamic of like the Cincinnati. Like imagine like me and Todd and Chris and even Gus. Whenever it's like pretty straight laced, you know, go about your business. You know, you know, do, do out here to buy stuff and like. Fluffy being like just off the reservation, <laughs> right? A, a, a wild card, hard charging. Jar yeah, Banks. and and you're know, like, can you please stop screwing up this whole operation? You know, like we're at people's houses meeting Kenner people and stuff, and he's I, I got to go smoke a cigarette. He's walking out in the middle of the deal. <laughs> Where are you going? You know, but that's just the way it was. You know, and it, you know that is just part of the whole texture of the thing. But so in the morning we get up. You know, he's hungover, half hungover, whatever. And get some coffee in us. We're driving over to Woodchuck's place, and we have his again. This is before GPS or anything, so we find his development, and we're driving around trying to like figure it out. And it's like this expensive development, you know. So there's all these big houses, you know. If you ever seen American Pickers where they're talking about like they're gauging people's houses, they're like, oh, this guy's lawn is all grown up, and uh, he's got like a big garage, and he's probably got good stuff. Like, you start to do that a little when you get used to this stuff. Like, you're trying to gauge what they might have by looking at the houses, and we're like, oh, man, these are all big new houses. <laughs> like, this guy's got money, man. He owns his own company. He's got money. There's, there's no, he's not going to want to sell stuff for nothing, you know, and he's trying to figure it out. But as we're going down the street, like, the houses are getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> it's like, finally we get to his place, and it's, you know, it's a little place. It's not very fancy or anything. We're like, oh, woof. Like, that was a, you know, dodge the bullet with that one. You're going from mansions here to, like, this little, basically a little house. But Fluffy's still like, oh, this guy's got some cash, man. He's got his own company and all this other stuff. We get in there, and it's basically, you know, a little house, and we're talking to him and just trying to figure out what it's going to be. And he takes us down into his basement. We keep going through, like, smaller and smaller spaces till finally we get to, like, this... Next to the garage, in the basement, in like this storage space down there, and he's like, he's like, man, this is like a woodchuck hovel you have down here, and you know, woodchucks sitting there cracking up. He's like, yep, yep, this is where I store my stuff, you know, and he's pulling out boxes and stuff, and more of those same square boxes, and he opens one up, it's just stacked with like soft copies. Opens another one up, stacked with like these urethane hard copy coin things that we've never seen. We're just pulling these things out. <laughs> like, man, there must wow. have been, man, I don't know, 30 sets of those things, hard copies and soft copies. I'm just off the top of my head, something like that. Wow. Just like a huge, like nothing that ever been found like that before. Like the soft copy find earlier hadn't been that in that volume. You know, it was just like, holy hell, I can't believe this. And then he's like, I got some other stuff too. He pulls out some more boxes, 
and it's filled with micro collection molds, like you know, four up molds, silicon molds. Jeez. Or just like, oh my God, like <laughs> I think he'd mentioned that stuff like that earlier, but we didn't know we were he'd be having that stuff. Right. And we're just like, oh, woodchuck, man. Like, what do you want us to do with this stuff? And he's just like, well, man, you take this stuff, you know. And he's like, like I said, I know where you live. And we're like, <laughs> oh, like all right, man. Like, we can move. <laughs> and we, like, make a whole list of all the stuff we're taking. So it's like, you know, he knows and we know. And he's telling us about the mold. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I saved that stuff. And I'm like, well, why did you save these? And he's like, well, he's like, I like those things, those, you know, those micro things, all little statues, you know. He's like, I kind of thought I'd use them later to make my own Star Wars chess set. And we're like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you saved them because we're going to make a chess set? And he's like, yeah, I thought I was going to make a chess set. And he's like, I still kind of feel like I should do that. And we're just like, oh, man, let's get off this subject. <laughs> to keep yeah. this I'm like, yeah, no, you'll get more money for this stuff than selling it in a stupid chess set. And uh turns out that he had, so, I mean, we're talking to him about this stuff at various points in time. He basically made most of their hard copies for years. You know, not just micro stuff, but three, three quarter inch stuff. He had receipts, he gave us receipts for some of that stuff, you know, the stuff he did for Kenner. So I have some for figures, you know, like Kenner ordered four LOM hard copies and he made five of them and gave them back to, to Kenner. So stuff like that, like real history, like he's the guy who made the hard copies for him. So, so, so he wouldn't have been the sculptor. He no. Would have, so the sculptor would have sent him. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Whether Kenner sent him like a, a hard copy that they made to make more, or if they sent him the sculpt. But I would guess they gave him the sculpt. I mean, that's a good question. But they sent him either a sculpt or a hard copy that they made internally, and he made like additional copies for him something like that and so he had tons and tons of molds and stuff like just like pallets full of that stuff not just for star wars but for everything and we're like what happened to all that stuff he's like well i threw it away (laughs) he threw it away he's like well yeah he goes i I saved it all for them because it was their property and you know at one point i called them and i said hey i still have like tons of this stuff you know, when can I give it back to you? He's like, they didn't want it, you know, and he didn't want to keep it. He's like, he's not going to charge. He's like, he's like, I have thought I should charge him storage for that stuff. I had all this crap in my storage place for that long, all this stuff. So he threw away all the three, three-quarter inch stuff. Wow. And, wow. you know, all, all the related stuff and kept the micro stuff because he thought he was going to make a chess set. So the reason the <laughs> micro molds are around and the three, three-quarter inches aren't, for the most part, is because this one crazy guy thought he might make a chess set <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow so then he he would have made that's crazy so then if he hadn't thrown that away then there would have been like a four long mold out there well well you have to remember that three three quarter inch stuff isn't one piece like the nice It'd thing about the micro molds is that it's yeah. one mold right so it would right. have been just like there might have been arms out there or yeah it would have been he would have conceivably he could have had every single piece for every figure he made but I mean yeah, but the, the figure stuff all came in little bits and, bits and pieces. But that wasn't as attractive to him because it's not like a statue, whereas the micro stuff is like a one piece of sculpture, and he could make, like, statues, and he thought that would be cool. Like, he could do something with these later on. But the wow. figure stuff was, like, just bits and pieces, and it was like, get rid of it, you know? Right. Um, 
So anyway, Fluffy and I got the stuff. We're just like freaking. We're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> we're just loading this stuff. I had borrowed my parents' Jeep Cherokee. We're just loading this stuff in the back. And we're, this is all free. Like, we're not paying anything for this. Right. Not, it wasn't ours. Like, you know, we're selling it for them. But we're like, you know, the, we knew we'd be able to sell it pretty quick. And no one had ever heard of molds before. So we're like, oh, man, you think people are going to be interested in these? You know, we're thinking, like, we told him, you know, 300 to 500 bucks, something like that. And that's like the range, you know, 250 to 500, something like that. And I think we ended up selling them for right around that range when we got them. I remember 500 being kind of one of the, the benchmarks for that stuff. But, you know, all the stuff's going through our heads, just like, man, what an awesome horse. <laughs> totally scored with this thing. And we're like, what else do you have, man? He's like, well, he's like, I know a pack rat. And we're like, <laughs> we're like a pack rat? He's like, is this you? He's like, is this pack rat you and he's like i'm just gonna say that i know a pack rat um like Fluffy and i are like what does that mean you know is that talking about him that he has more stuff or is he talking about he knows somebody else but you know <laughs> and that's just how he talks like very sort of yeah like, mysteriously and annoyingly <laughs> it's always kind of making a joke you know like i know a pack rat like always like He's joking, but there's more seriousness behind it at the same time. Right. Like, there's definitely that kind of vibe from him. And, I mean, this is probably a topic for a future story time, but basically it turned out that he did have a friend who was a pack rat, as well as him, who was also a pack rat. And we bought stuff from this guy for several years, like stuff you wouldn't believe, just like haul after haul after haul. And then we ended up meeting the pack rat guy, too, you know, years later. And so that's that's probably... For a different story time. All right, so but, we, we got we got the further adventures of Fluffy the Drunk Jar Jar, and <laughs> and yeah. and Woodchuck, but not yet Pack Rat. And so, Woodchuck uh, and his Pack Rat friend, but yeah, and that ended up being like one of the like a lot of the really good stuff you know about there came through that guy, you know, because we did well for him with this stuff, you know, like we made a lot of money for this guy. I'm talking like tens of thousands of dollars in cash. Right. So basically, you know, now that probably is nothing because stuff has gone up in value so much. But at the time, it was just like a, a huge amount. And um, so we loaded on the Jeep Cherokee. We went off and you know celebrated. We're you know we're having fun. I convinced Fluffy we had to leave. We got back in the car and we start making the way back to Todd's place. And uh, you know, and Fluffy and I had a big fight because he wanted this. I had it all stuck in the back seat in, in the back of the Jeep. And he wanted to sleep on top of all the hard copies. And stuff. <laughs> he said, "No, dude, I'll just, I'll just roll the sleeping bag out, bro. There's no problem, bro. I'll just sleep on it." I'm like, "Dude, you're not sleeping on stuff. It's worth a fortune." I'm like, "Just, you're just a back seat. Sleep on the back seat, no, bro. I don't want to. I can stretch out. This is fine. It's fine." We got in this big like fight. I think we stopped the car at one point because we were arguing about the sleeping thing. But. Anyway, I think he ended up sleeping in the back seat finally because he's like, "Fine, fine, I'll sleep in the back seat." I don't know what the problem is, bro. <laughs> Misa Godono on the hard copies. <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind uh -huh. character, but and uh, so we're driving out back. You know, at some point, again, this is pre-cell phone. We stop and call Todd on the phone. We're like, "Hey, we got these molds and stuff too, man." And he's like, "Molds? That sounds interesting." You know, no one has ever seen like silicon molds for stuff before that I can remember. I think we pulled into Todd's place at, you know, 5 a.m., and he called, I think, Mike Mensinger, J. 
James Gallo and Chris Nichols and those guys showed up. But we, I just remember carrying the boxes from the car, like in this big conga line, and then opened it up in Todd's place, and we're like pulling all that stuff out of there. And I have photos with all that stuff on the on the ground of Todd's place. Of course, Todd immediately starts pulls out a sharpie and some tape and starts writing the names on each one, <laughs> indexing these things. <laughs> and Fluffy and I are just like dead tired from driving the whole night. It's just like you know, man, what a score! It was like. Just one of the first big hauls of stuff, volume-wise, that that we got, and a lot of that stuff. I mean, if you see molds and stuff from the micro collection, that basically comes from that find. Wow. Um, I, I'm sure there's some other ones that have turned up here or there, but it, that's where the bulk of them came from. And you know, I have several still. I'm sure other people still have several. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that guy developed into a huge lead, so that could be like a future story. But that's pretty much the extent of it. I can't remember any other details about it. So, no, that's sweet. that's my story yeah, for this episode. Uh, cool, <laughs> and you know we're starting to develop the cast of characters, so it's good. That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I had to review some notes for this thing here. Yeah. There's definitely some more, you know, stuff to add to that. But you know, it's just one of the it's hard to think back now. Considering the value of this stuff and how rarely it turns up, it's like hard to even imagine that point in time, you know, around 2000 where we were turning stuff up. Yeah. Awesome, yeah, Ron. No well, we are, uh, I think we're going to finish up with the rest of our show. All right, gentlemen. But, uh, Appreciate the opportunity to uh, flap my gums again on your show yeah. and talk about Dengar and his S&M proclivities. <laughs> we, we always find out something new. You know, that's, we do. You know, <laughs> I, I have to say, because you know, we're going to be doing this whole thing on the card back, um, have you guys actually noticed that there is that the GIMP is actually on the Dengar card back? The GIMP? <laughs> if you look behind uh, Dengar... There is just this mysterious figure, all clad in black. You don't see his head, but he's clearly wearing black leather. I've never seen this. I've never seen this before. I have to Google this now. There's somebody like behind Dengar, right? Am I crazy, Steve? Wait a minute. Hold on. I, I got to see a bigger image. <laughs> is that not somebody standing behind Dengar in black leather? Is it a trick of the You're light? Making this up. <laughs> Who's standing behind Dengar? Is it a like a Death uh, Death Squad commander kind of guy? I don't like my I'm, on I'm, a Star Destroyer. Were those guys really on there? there? It's got to be like a Star Destroyer commander or something. Have you ever noticed that before, though? I've never. I've looked at this card back hundreds of times. I've never noticed there's like this shadowy gimp. Right about now, Jared is like firing up his Photoshop and he's making a gimp like behind Dengar. <laughs> it's if that was a gimp. I mean, it looks really short to be a Death Squad commander or whatever, or a Death because Death Star gunners. There were no Death Star gunners on the on the. I see it now. I mean, I don't, I've never really even noticed that. I'm surprised I didn't airbrush that out or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just has like a Siamese twin attached to his butt <laughs> or something. <laughs> just another piece of pain in Dengar's life. <laughs> he just 
just keeps getting more and more interesting as we talk about them. That's what happens on these shows, man. I tell you, man. Yeah. Like, you start off thinking, pretty soon you're going to be doing slam poetry about you know Dengar's Siamese twin. Yeah, we've, we've already de- I've already decided that even though I'm tempted to do slam poetry about Dengar, I just I I can't I, I can't poke the bull twice. You know, like <laughs> once you come up with chignorance, you you got to let that breathe out afterwards. I mean, this whole I've always seen the the Dengar card and always known of it, but I've all this time I've been ignorant exactly. of the gimp that was behind him. <laughs> I guess because you just see like Boba Fett's helmet in the side. That's just so wild that Boba Fett is like just barely there. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that's yeah. is that the, like the sixth uh, uh, bounty hunter, like the gimp, <laughs> and he was just like taken out. <laughs> yeah, he's like gimp LOM or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Well, all right, guys. I appreciate the chance. Yeah. You know, looking forward to listening to the, the new podcast. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, thanks Ron. Right. Talk to you later. Talk to you all soon. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh, my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh hey, Steve. All right. Back on. We're back. I think uh, I will have just played the the nugget from the archive drop. Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, I didn't man, I didn't expect Ron's story to be like, you know, I thought he was going to tell like a little story. I didn't know it's just like we got a lot out of Ron. There, there are many layers to uh, to Woodchuck. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, and I didn't expect to go on the whole gimp thing, but. Uh, <laughs> Things that are always uh, unexpected seem to, to come about that's on this show. That's what that's what makes it worth it. See, that's why I don't like learn about toys or anything. Because if I actually learned about all the stuff we were talking about, uh, all right. So, Steve, you picked something near and dear to my heart. We actually we got an email. Uh, I was going to talk about in the feedback, but okay. from uh, I never know how to pronounce his name. It's like Dynaster or Dienster. Dienster. And uh, he was saying that he was listening to the to our last show through the blinding snow from Winnipeg to Brandon, Manitoba. Ah, okay. And uh, that's you know, as some Kivecast listeners may know, I have a soft spot for Canada. I love Canada, um, and I think like Neil Young isn't from Winnipeg. He was born in North Ontario, but maybe he spent some time in Winnipeg. I don't know. There's some kind of story there, um, and obviously you know the Jets and everything. Um, <laughs> And he apologized for being bad luck because he watched the, the, the hockey game oh, right. between That's America right. and Canada. Sick. But yeah. I have, Steve, always rooted for Canada in, in <laughs> hockey, so I was happy. All is well. Because they want it more, <laughs> Steve. I mean, come on. Like, like we care, you know? It's true. Well, I feel bad for Matias because they care and they lost. But anyways, uh, so we're going to be talking about something Canadian today. Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, our, our man Dengar happened to be one of, of a few lucky figures that were uh, sold in Canada as kind of an exclusive uh, and part of a multi-pack set, I believe. And uh, the interesting thing about these guys is they were put on kind of generic uh, Empire Strikes Back cards and they were just shrink-wrapped to them. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's only, I think there's is there seven of them total? Uh, that yeah, sounds right. I'm trying to like do the math. In my yeah, head yeah. Which so it's, it's Ugnaught, Han Bespin, Dengar, Lobot, uh, General Veers, which we'll probably talk about later. Yep. Uh, Luke Hoth and uh, R2. But yeah, 
Um, I think they were mainly exclusive to Sears uh, in Canada they in were 1980. They were completely exclusive to Sears. Completely, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, to, to be honest, Steve, part of me wants to, to, tr- to like lace some misinformation so that that oh. prompts Scott to like tell us a thousand other things that we don't know. <laughs> See, what I was going to say is I have a feeling we may have talked briefly about these when we had Scott on. Yeah, we did. Just go? I, I thought so. But, but uh, no, he, he would uh, – <laughs> yeah, you could – you could set them up for because <laughs> we could say something, you know, like, oh yeah, no, they were just available multi packs. I think they were also sold on the pegs, and just leave it like that, and then just <laughs> see what happens. Um, because I actually did think they were sold on the pegs, but maybe they weren't. Um, but yeah, no, they're really cool, especially because the way they're shrink wrapped, they have these just crazy, like, just plastic dots all over them. Yeah, so you know, to me, they look like uh, like the pegboards that. Like hardware stores, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like I see that, like that's what it reminds me of. I, I feel like I'm going buying like a hardware part, but I'm actually buying a Dengar. <laughs> uh, but they are, they're really cool, um, and they're they're definitely Canadian unique. Um, so I wanted to try and get something we hadn't talked about in at least a while on there as our our nugget. Yeah, as long as next week's episode isn't the uh, ATAT Commander or whatever. No, no, we're we're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll be a little while. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was funny. I actually thought that Dengar's name backwards was ranged for a while. So while I was driving around, I thought I was going to come up with a palindrome for Dengar oh, instead man. of slam poetry. Yeah. And then I got home and realized it's actually uh, not quite rag, Ragned, <laughs> which I still probably could have done something. But eh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's still good. <laughs> yeah. It's a couple hours later, and my bow is woken up, and he's now dry heaving. Oh, bow Uh-oh. buddy. He looks like he's trying to decide if he's really going to let go or not. Oh, little guy. It's a rough place to be. It is. It is. Is it? Is it bad podcasting to talk about dog vomit? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it's definitely a first for, for us. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. All right, Steve, we are now in the unloved section. That's right. Um, let's see, I, I guess... I actually just... We just talked a bunch. I just said a whole bunch of depressing stuff, and I'm just not going to leave that in the show. So <laughs> the second time I tried to say it, the second time I'm taking it out, I'm going to take Dengar's little Attila the Hun whip or whatever that thing is that makes it positive <laughs> and just keep myself positive. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, oh man! So your unloved item, Steve. I don't know if it qualifies as an unloved item. It's it's true. I I, I knew I was kind of on the fence with this, um, but I'm I'm trying to maybe go a little too far in in terms of of Steveness. I don't know. Um, okay, but I mean, so, what do you think? I mean, let's go for it. Okay. So the thing I, I picked out was a, a movie poster, and I, the reason I did this, I guess maybe I went unloved because we don't talk about movie posters all that much. That's um, true. But uh, this one is from Poland. It's an Empire Strikes Back poster that, at first glance, doesn't really have anything to do with Star Wars at all. Um, it's got the you know Imperium, however you want to say that. Contra There you go. <laughs> Uh, on there, and it's got this mysterious figure in the middle that, to me, kind of reminded me of Dengar, because he's got some kind of wrap over his head. <laughs> yeah, uh, he does. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting interesting form poster that uh, 
I had never seen before. So maybe in that sense, it's unloved in the sense that it's not one I would think many people have, have seen. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's cool because at the top it says "Film Mariansky." Yes, and uh, <laughs> and then it's also cool too because it has the director at the bottom and it says Rosiersha <laughs> Irwin Weschner. Yes. It's also got a random countdown in the middle, like a countdown graphic. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, start. And it's almost yeah. like where did that where did that come from? <laughs> I, I don't know. Although seeing as I already did the whole uh Citizen Kane trivia, do you know where the countdown comes from? Like the pre screening countdown kind of thing? No, like for, for the, the takeoff of a of a rocket ship. No, no, I don't. It comes from Fritz Lang's Woman on the Moon. Oh, really? I believe, back in the days when I used to pay attention to movies, that that was, it was before there was like any space program. That's they just true. thought, I don't know, let's count down from 10, that'll make it more interesting. And then yeah, when we actually had spaceships, we copied that. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but that's, I don't know, that's part of Sky's <laughs> half-assed <laughs> film knowledge that <laughs> it's still I, better I than accrued than at that. some point. <laughs> no, it's it's all right. It's better than what I've got tonight, anyway. Um, yeah, but no, it's a it's a great poster. It looks kind of like Luke, like, kind of like Dengar. It looks like he's yeah. got sort of like a like his, his head's kind of like a bloody tomato. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice poster. The only reason I'd say it it isn't unloved is that you probably couldn't buy it for less than a thousand bucks or whatever. That's true. That's true. It doesn't it doesn't really meet that criteria. Um, right. But one thing that does meet, I, I forgot to mention this, I think, I don't think I, I think, I don't know if, I don't think I sent it to you, but, uh, one of our listeners, Stephen Ward, sent an unloved item of his own, which, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was a Jar Jar glued to a brick that was buried beneath his school. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, I had, I, mean, I had that in my feedback section that I, I oh, had talked okay, to you about. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's see. The unloved, this unloved, I, this item isn't vintage at all, but its sheer level of unlovedness rivals that of even Crystal Pepsi. I found this while running some fire alarm cable. In parentheses, I'm a fire alarm technician. Whoa. A fire <laughs> alarm technician. You know, Steve, I, I grew up in a house with no fire alarms. Um, underneath here, a school in Austin. Jar Jar, the Lego figure, taped to a rock. <laughs> included her pictures I took while I was under the building just as a providence of how unloved this charger on Lego was <laughs> and a better one once I was back outside again some kid took the time to tape him to a rock and throw him underneath <laughs> up here and beam construction hoping he would be forever lost and forgotten well no more this is probably my new favorite item in my collection simply because I don't think I'll ever see anything like it again and because Jar Jar was a ridiculous addition to the prequels anyway Oh, oh man, I hope this gets a laugh for y'all. I know it made my day. That is really awesome, <laughs> and you know, part of the great thing about about it is just that really is on Love Steve. Do you think he was just trying to banish it forever? I think it it could be the case. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, what else would be going through that kid's mind? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. You know, one of the problems is when you have kids is sometimes they're like you. Um. Which could be a serious problem. So I'm a contrarian, as you know. And so my son the other day, we were kind of talking about Star Wars. And we, we don't talk about Star Wars a ton, a fair amount. But, you know, he's been into Harry Potter and now he's really into Michael Jackson and, you know, whatever. Uh, but we were talking about Star Wars. And he just goes, yeah, I think I figured out my two favorite Star Wars characters. 
Han Solo and Jar Jar. <laughs> and he's so much like me that I know that there's a lot of truth to that. But I also uh-huh. know that he's he, he's figured out he's calculated the yeah. most agitating, pr- yep. thought provoking response that makes him seem interesting and smart and like a little bit different. Um, yep. So yeah, it's pretty oh, funny. That's, oh, that's good. Han and Jar Jar. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, boy, I guess that leaves us. Uh, oh, Market Watch. Yep, right? we got Market Watch. Mm-hmm. All right, I need to go get my power cord because this is going longer than I thought. <laughs> but, you know, in a good way. Good. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Well, Steve, we've had some technological difficulties here. The microphone quality on my end is not going to be superior. But uh, that's not a big deal. But we're going to do market watch. And Steve, I had an idea. Okay. I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at it yet. I got the emails from Fantastic Pete and Brisbane Brisbane Mike, and I thought, well, if I don't look at it, then we can play the guessing game. We can. Yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, why don't we start that? Let's start with Dengar and see okay, how well. Okay, Dengar. All right. Yeah. Let's see how well I know Dengar. You tell me the piece, approximate case. I'm actually sitting here. I've got like a, a hooded sweatshirt. I'm putting it over my head, so <laughs> I can just have theater of the mind here. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm really intense. I'm, I'm ready. Right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Leading off is an Empire Strikes Back 41A ungraded For- Dengar. 41A. 41A. Ungraded. What, what kind of condition? Um, it's decent condition. Looks like there's some weird sticker residue. Seventy five dollars. Ooh, you're not too bad. That's eighty one fifty five. Nice. You're All you're right. in range there. I'd say. All right, you ready for uh for number two? Yes. All right. Ooh, okay. Forty one A ungraded as well. Uh, this one got a little bit of a bubble issued. Doesn't look like it's cracked, but I think like most Dangars, it's got it's got some crunch to it. Forty seven. Fifty-two. Man, you are you are on point. All right. I don't know how because I don't look at eBay, but okay. (laughs) You're doing good so far. All right. Next one up, we got a 41C. So that's the offerless. It's an AFA 75. Um, I guess that's pretty much all you really need to know. AFA 75, offerless, (sighs) 60. (laughs) <laughs> oh, one twenty-two fifty. Oh, oh, skewed. All you know, right. on the on the Adam Carolla show, they play a game called the Rotten Tomatoes game, where okay. they get the guy who does Rotten Tomatoes and he gives uh-huh. the movie, and you have to guess the score and you write it down, uh-huh. and then whoever has the lowest score, like closest to the actual thing, wins. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe we should get more than one person to do this, and we could like play, we could play the the Rotten eBay game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, we got a 41E. It's an AFA 80. AFA 80, 41E. Mm-hmm. The last one was 120. I'm going to say 120. No, 232. What? For a yeah, Dengar? for a Dengar. I mean, it, it is really nice. Uh, the bubble's clear. The last one had a little bit of yellowing, but uh, yeah, though, this, is, this is a nice one. Offerless AFA 80, 232. All right. All right. Uh, up next, it's another 41E. This one's an AFA, AFA 75 yellow. Uh, uh, $102. <laughs> 204 What? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. 
<laughs> you're starting to you're, you're going to start to kind of figure it out, I think. Okay. All right. Okay. Up next, we got a 41e ungraded. Uh, looks like it's got a little bit of creasing up near the punch, but the punch is still in there. Uh, but yeah, it's ungraded 41e offerless. Eighty dollars. Sixty-eight. You're getting closer. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Next, we got a forty-five back ungraded. Um, it's got kind of a messed up Toys R Us sticker. The bubble looks sort of yellow. Um, that's the main thing I can see wrong with it. Uh, fifty-two dollars. Forty-two. All right. You're you're getting there. Well, I knew there'd be the offer, and if it looks yellowed, and the sticker. All yeah. Right. Okay, let's see. What do we got next? Okay, so we got a 47 back. So that's the four lem offer. Ungraded. Uh, bubbles a little yellow, but otherwise looks pretty good. 55. <laughs> 112.50. You just oh. can't guess. No, man, you can't. <laughs> you... you <laughs> Your first couple were, like, so dead on. Like, I thought, oh like, oh, my God, I am so good at this game. Have genius. I been paying attention yeah. all these months? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, do you want to keep going with it, or do you want to just... Uh, <laughs> you well, how many more Dengars are there? There's a Jeez, few. Mike. You can put a, a full a full run, looks like. Um, all right, I'm going to go to something a little different and see if, you, if this it can get you back on track here. Okay. All right, um, let's see. Let's go with... A 77A ungraded, and it's got, ooh, it's got a coin sticker on there. Oh, man, see, this might make it tough for you. It's got a coin sticker on there, and the bubble is definitely yellow. $45. 60 <laughs> Ungraded stuff I get within 10 I yeah, just got to double all my graded stuff, right, and yeah. I'll get there. Your barometer is pretty good. Now, wait a minute. Oh, oh man, this is gonna be. This is just gonna be a. I don't know. It may or may not be a shot in the dark. But so we're getting to some of the foreign stuff. There's a Palatoy 45 back ungraded. It's got the incredible, awesome bounty hunter offer on the front. Okay, so it's authentic. <clears throat> yeah, it's a Palatoy 45 back ungraded. Eleven hundred. Seven hundred. So yeah, hey, it's 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 getting up there. But. I was gonna say nine hundred, but then I thought, well, you know, it may be worth more because there's so little verified <laughs> palatoy. Yeah. And then I yeah. have one of those that's just in really good condition. Okay. So I figured, you know, if I paid whatever nine hundred for mine, and that was five years ago, then might be a little bit of a an increase. But maybe, hey, yeah, okay. But it is Dengar. Yes, it is Dengar. <laughs> Always uh, had wound Harry. Yep. Okay, so do you want to get in some of the more uh, general stuff from Pete? And do sure. some more guessing? Or I, I, you I think fun this is it? fun, yeah. I, I mean, I'm having fun with it just seeing where you're, <laughs> you're going to yeah. land. So, um, all right, so Pete's stuff is, is awesome <laughs> as always. Um, I'll just give a, a quick kind of overview of what to expect because it's, it's kind of all over the board. Um, and, and where can they go to find all this information? So, yeah, that's just, I guess it's a good time. We should get that plug in. It's kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. Um, so, I mean, he's got a nice write-up. Pete always does a great job with those. Uh, but he breaks into three uh, categories. Sealed stuff, loose stuff, and then rare, expensive stuff. So we'll start with some, some sealed uh, Jedi figures. Okay. 
first up, let's see here. Okay. First up is a uh, Return of the Jedi 65 back a Boba Fett AFA 80 yellow. But it doesn't look yellow. Anyway. 600 American dollars. Oh man, you're close. All right, that's five fifty nine. You're you're starting nice. to get starting to get your your game back. Um, okay, up next we've got. Let's see, it's a. Oh wait, just so I know, the sixty five back fat. That's still the space shot, right? Yeah, yeah. He's still got the. It's still the space shot from the the original card back. Boy, when uh, when, when does he go? What seventy seven? Is that when he goes? Uh... Yeah, it should be the seventy seven back when he gets the 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 desert picture. Now I remember there was a guy who was selling the photo art. Of that, of this, of the desert scene. Really? And he, and he wanted ten grand, and everyone thought he was crazy. Oh God, that's uh, yeah. yeah. I remember he thinking, knows. I don't have ten grand. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a thought that we <laughs> we often both share. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, all right, so up next we got a stormtrooper uh, forty eight back Jedi figure with a pal toy sticker, AFA eighty. What do you mean, Pal Toy sticker? That's, I'm gonna check what that means myself. Oh, it's oh, it's got the it's like the uh, nine um offer thing on the back. It's oh, okay. Pal- you know what I'm talking about? I I, yeah. I kind of forgot about these. All right, so that's that's what you got. It's a stormtrooper. Okay, but it's got the it's sticker got- for Lester and Colville on the back. Yeah. So it's got this yeah. interesting sticker. Yep. So this piece is interesting because if you're a focus collector. It's not that easy to find these, but they're not right. that cool because it's just a sticker on the back. Right. This is really hard to price, Steve. This is going to be hard. <laughs> I'm going to say, or I'll say, oh, no, I'm not going to say anything yet. But go uh, ahead. I was going to say 500. Okay, it's 202, which I thought was was low given those factors you you just told me. Um, if you I, are I a stormtrooper it. collector and you did not buy that. <laughs> I feel sorry for you because if that was a Chewy that sold for two hundred dollars, yeah, that was an insanely rare variant. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would have guessed along where where you were, but yeah, two hundred bucks. It's not bad. Um. Okay. So up next, we got a Return of the Jedi Han forty eight back AFA eighty five. Oh, I don't know. Two hundred. <laughs> Three seventy one. Jumps wow. back up. Yeah. Um, oh, man. This is another tough one. Okay. Another 48 back, Return of the Jedi. This one is a power droid, AFA 85. 200. <laughs> <laughs> 256. All right. So you're getting, getting a little closer. Getting a little closer. Um, all right. Next one, we got a, a Jedi Bespin security guard, the white security guard, 48 back, AFA 80. So all these 48 backs, huh? These are all 48 backs, yeah. So that's a pretty rare card back. AFA 80, white Bespin guard. Uh-huh. 175. Now getting closer, 150. All right. All right, so you're, you're getting there. Um, okay, let's go with another main character. We have a 65 back Luke uh, that was an AFA 80. 200. Oh, 400. Oh. 400? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Insanity. All right. Yep. Um, we got a few more to go here. I guess we got a 65 back Yoda, Return of the Jedi, um, AFA 80. 300. 222. So I'd say, I mean, that's, it's funny, like, 
I would have guessed something closer to 300 too. Like it, it, some of these are lower and some are much higher. Well, it's, uh, it's just weird because definitely by Jedi, there were a lot of people buying figures and keeping them in good condition. Right, right. That's true. And this is just those people got them graded and now, wow, yep. people are buying extremely common figures for pretty for uncommon prices. Exactly. Um, all right, this one, I would have no idea where to go with this. Um, so we have a glass lit Han Solo uh, Power of the Force style. Co- you know, you know Copiloto de Chewbacca. <laughs> um, okay, what kind of condition? Um, it looks like it's got kind of a crease going up the middle, and the bubble looks a little a little crunched. Fifteen hundred. Two hundred and forty-two for a glass leak. Yeah, <laughs> huh. there must be something. Wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I, I thought that all all foreign stuff was a ton. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have guessed much higher too. And I've, I just I've assumed that all glass leak that aren't Chewbacca are really rare, just because I have a Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, now, man. You know what? I bought my my Chewbacca glass leap from the same guy I would wind up buying my Uze from. My Uzai from. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny because I overpaid for both of them, but then I wound up underpaying for both of them. So there, there you go. go. That's what happens. It seems like. Yeah. Um, okay, so now what is your uh, what's your barometer like for loose Lily Letty figures? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> all right, you ready for? You're gonna uh, be astounded at the precision okay. of my guesses. <laughs> All right, so up first we have uh, a Leia Bush or Bausch with an unpainted helmet. Yeah, that's a all day every day. That's a hundred and thirty dollar figure. <laughs> two ninety three. Wow, someone yeah. overpaid because I know a lot about that. Okay, two ninety three <laughs> for right. a loose Lily Lady. Yeah, loose Lily Lady, uh, unpainted helmet. But uh, just for the helmet? No, 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 no. It's it's the figure with with okay. an unpainted helmet. Yeah. All right. Um, so next, we've got a couple of uh, squid heads. One with a... Let's start with the burgundy cape. Loose Lily Letty. Graded? No, just loose. Authentic? Uh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to hope yes. Let's just okay. assume yes. Two grand? Nope. $214. I thought those were <laughs> wicked rare. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Let's see what 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 about uh, what about right. counterpart? at gmail dot com. Hey, do you know about loose lily lady figures? Because I don't. You want to come on talk on the show? You could be on the show. Give us a call. Seriously, just contact us and say I want to talk to you about loose lily lady figures. Because I, I don't know nothing. No say nada, mi amigo. Sobre esas figuras. <laughs> Mios, Dios. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, given the price of that first one, uh-huh. what do you think an orange cape would sell for? Three hundred. Two eighty-two. All right. <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay. We get down to a last last couple items here, and we're gonna okay. get in some some mailers. We got a couple mailer packs, and then. Uh, yeah, okay, a couple more things. Okay, so first up in the mailer packs, we have a Star Wars four figure, a four pack from Empire Strikes Back. So it's got Luke Bespin, FX7, Yoda, and R2. 
seven hundred and thirty dollars. Ooh, so you're getting you're getting back back on track here. That was eight hundred and nine. All right. Um, okay. Now, given that, what we have next is a four pack of the heroes. It's got the line art on there of uh, Luke X Wing, Yoda, and the two R two and three PO, the two droids. Uh, what's your guess on that one? Nine hundred. Ooh, just a little bit. Well, a little more than a little bit short. Fifteen fifty. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay, this is one of my favorites. I think we talked about the uh, the layout for it last month. It's a Cloud City playset. AFA eighty five. Cloud City playset AFA eighty five. This one. Oh God. <laughs> Three thousand. Hey. All right. You're in the the. <laughs> Oh, the sort of range. It's two thousand two hundred and fifty. Wow. Yeah. Oh, things beautiful. Um, all right, down to our last two contestants here. Uh, into the uh, and I, I should have prefaced. We're down into the, the rare category or the yeah. super expensive. So I you can up. probably figure that out. Um, so what we have here is a twenty-one back FET AFA eighty. Twenty-one back FET AFA eighty. Mm-hmm. Six hundred. Five thousand two hundred. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Star Wars twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I should have said Star Wars. Yeah, five thousand two hundred, huh? Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, those poor Boba Fett collectors, man. Yeah. I just, ugh. That's right. Um, okay, last one. It's proof card. Revenge of the Jedi. Han Bespin. AFA eighty five. What Return of the Jedi, Han Bespin? Uh, Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, uh, I don't know. Three <laughs> three hundred, five ninety. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and that, and that that rounds it out. I mean, I think. Well, I've got one for you, Steve. Okay. Uh, six years ago, I lost a bid for a rectangular Chewbacca Meccano twelve back. Okay. Uh, so, you know, this is the really cool, not square card, Meccano, yeah. very rare. And I lost a bid, and then I talked to Stefan, who said that I could get one at that price anytime. What do you think I lost the bid at then? Okay. Take a guess. Um, Meccano 12 back Chewy? Yep, about six, about six years ago. Six years ago. Um,. A thousand dollars? Yep, I lost it at one thousand one hundred. Oh, that was my highest bid. Okay. And can you guess what one sold for last week? All right. So, if an FX seven Palatoy goes for <laughs> something insane, I'm gonna guess like I don't know, eight thousand? Nope, four thousand six hundred and fifty-one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I got a little ambitious, but hey. <laughs> yep. So, uh, if I sold two of my chromolins, I might be able to buy one <laughs> foreign Chewbacca. So there you go. So if anyone <laughs> wants to sell me one for eleven hundred, I'm still game. You want to say thanks for this show, knowing I'll never resell it? There you go. Um, awesome. Well, thank you for the for the market watch. I think that yeah. was a fun way of doing it. I, I like doing it. I that think way. especially if you had the pictures in front of you, like in the enhanced version, yeah. you can kind of imagine me with my head over with the. I really was closing my eyes, by the way, the whole time. I was trying not to be distracted. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it is fun to do it that way. I think. Uh, I think we should do it again sometime soon. Yeah, or we could even just like bring on guests. Hey, well, yeah, I mean, it it worked we, out. Uh, who was it that we had it? Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember which guests we had. It was like Tommy and and Ron, I think. I think it was Tommy and Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think maybe we should do is we should just try to try to get people in on the show and see if they want to compete and and who who can win. You yeah. Know? We'll do it by who gets closer and then they'll get a point. All right. Ah, this could be fun. Could be. <laughs> Not, but it could be. <laughs> All right. Well, then that just leaves us with feedback. <laughs> Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail.com, Twitter us at Kivecast, or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. You know, Steve, it's been 49 episodes and we still don't really have a proper feedback jingle. <laughs> you, have, you have one that you kind of run with for a while. <sighs> yeah, some, but I tried to use like Jimi Hendrix feedback from the uh, National Anthem and that doesn't quite work. And I tried to use some you know, young feedback. You know, he released an album in 1989 of just all feedback. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta love Neil Young. Um, Second mentioning on this episode, yeah. But yeah, we uh, we still don't have one. But yeah, so a, a lot of good feedback. Um, we let, let's see. I, I we definitely have to give out a couple star tots. That's right. Yeah. So if we uh, how are we going to go about this? Well, let's start with uh, the um, the iTunes one. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at ratings and reviews. And once again, this was for anybody who, uh, since our last episode, um, put a review of our show up on iTunes. Okay. Then they'd be entered into the, into the contest. And I am now going to just kind of like randomly see where my hand lies. <laughs> And the winner is Dwayne. All right. Uh, Redding Red 5. That's, oh, yeah, Dwayne Smith. Yeah. Yeah, we've had him a bunch of times, right? And well, the good he's, thing, a, he's a, a California club member. Oh, is yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, you, you haven't met him. It was, it was after you had departed. But, uh, yeah, he well, made it up to uh, Rancho Obi-Wan with us. Oh, cool. So he probably yeah. doesn't. He might not have the star tot, right? I am not sure if he does. All right, cool. This is what it says. I never miss an episode of the Vintage Pod. Sky and Steve do a great job every month of podcasting the very best of Star Wars toys. You see, that's all you guys got to do. Just go on there. You know, you don't have to be like Pandora01, who said, hosted by Dr. Sky Payne and his young associate Steve, the guy cast is the best podcaster in the world of vintage Star Wars collecting. Great analysis of every figure of the vintage line. Awesome contribution, con- contributors such as Lobart, Diggs, Barklighter, Make the Vintage Pod, <laughs> Must Listen for All Collectors. Wampa Wampa Space Freaks. Oh my goodness, there's a Sky Coo review. <laughs> Sky and Steve chime in. Fog of the past is lifted. Relics are revealed. Wow. That's a pretty uh, good one. That's pretty good. Um, we also got to see podcast so good. You slap your mama. Thank you, Darth. Who? Uh, <laughs> okay. Janice Fannis says that podcast reminds her of her childhood years and adds a lot. Well, that's pretty cool. That's just recently. So those are some good ones. Boy, I, I, I mean, we we weren't giving out 
based on quality. No. Because um, then Pandora won. That's pretty good to have a have a Skyku. So anyways, uh, Dwayne, you can just email us, kivecast at gmail.com. Uh, and then we will get back to the, uh, the Dengar caption later. Okay. Uh, we had a, a pretty good um, long message from David Sedlick, who uh, was contacted us last month saying he was listening to all of our shows, and he finally reached up, and he's finally waiting for an episode. And so now, David, you get to enjoy... Uh, saying, hey, wait a minute, there wasn't a podcast this month, and then getting it in the next week. Um, he sort of told us, a, a, you know, just a, a nice story about about his life and, you know, opening up the Millennium Falcon on, on Christmas, which was neat. Uh, he had a pretty cool story um, talking about uh, a whole wall of, of uh, Power of the Force figures at Children's Palace, and he was allowed to pick three. And he got EV-99, Imperial Dignitary, uh, oh wait, let's see. No, we had to pick three each that day, so they only got six. So it was uh, it was him and his brother. Um, so I'm reading this kind of quick here. So they wound up with EV99, Imperial Dignitary, Barada Warwick, Rombat, Imperial Gunner. Um, so that's pr- that's pretty neat. And then a pretty similar story about forgetting junior high, and then talks a little bit about uh, collecting loose variants and all the different stuff that he does but uh, we definitely like hearing those stories yeah and says that he'll be joining the celebration party in Anaheim awesome alright so we're gonna have to you know keep on planning that yes the real <laughs> in, question is are we start planning that <laughs> yeah cause at the last one we talked about starting up our own costuming group the, fi- the 502nd Vader's underpants. Oh, that's, that's, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, it would be all vintage-related costuming. Like, the basic would be underoos, but then we'd also go into, like, Halloween costumes. And um, I mean, I've got, I've got mine ready. I've got my, my 3PO fun poncho. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we'll have to figure that out if we're going to do that. Or, you know, we could, we could call it the 502nd Legion. Dengar's cod piece. <laughs> that might be better than, than Vader's underpants. Um, oh, an interesting thing, too, was uh, David actually asked us a question. Okay. And he said, do you guys know what figure run would have the most different card backs, including foreign releases? Uh, yeah. He said it would have to be a 12-back character, but some of the foreign releases were only a handful. That's true. I wonder which would have the broadest. I think it's Chewie's Chewy, pretty good, right? I mean, I'm no, trying to think. I, I think it's. I think you'd probably have to say R two, okay. or Vader. No, I think it's just Vader. Yeah, because I think he was made in the most countries, the most different times. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, I bet. See, because Luke changed enough that I'm not. I'm not certain. You know, because there's not like an, an Uzai Luke, right? No, uh, uh, I mean, that's true. You got the... Yeah, uh, that's... Well, there you go, kivecast at gmail.com. If you think you have yeah. a better answer other than Vader, I would say Vader is the figure that has the most different card backs. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think that's, I think that's probably the one that has the most. Yeah. Or it could just be there's more Vader collectors, and you're always like, wow, how do they have so much? Yeah. Um, let's see what else did, uh, well, I wanted to talk about the guy driving to Manitoba. Right. Um, and the Jar Jar. 
<laughs> Jar Jar Lego. <laughs> Which uh, I guess leaves us with the Dengar competition. And by that yeah, we mean uh... we're having a captioning contest. So we asked our audience to say who could caption the Dengar card back the best. And the winner gets a Chewbacca Star Tot. We finally reached this this pinnacle of a moment. <laughs> yes, we did. So I think what we should do is not say who said them. Okay. Or no, I think we should say it. Who said them. <laughs> okay. So do you have like a comprehensive list or are you just going to I, I do. Eat? I think I do okay. have a comprehensive okay, list. Okay, cool. And if awesome. I've forgotten yours, <laughs> it sucks to be you. <laughs> um, we'll see if you find other ones. But like we have so many different platforms, it's hard to know where. Wait, hold on. Should we start with our own or finish with our own? Or did you even, did you have one? Uh, no. (laughs) How do I not have one? Um, I guess Mike, okay, yeah, I have one now. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, um, mine is, hey, look, there's a gimp behind me. (laughs) Uh, what's yours, Steve? Mine is is way more uh, dorky than that because I actually thought about it uh, really a long time ago. Um, but yeah, like to me, Dengar always kind of looked like Johnny come marching home. So I I uh, just altered the lyrics a little bit. The tower rap is ready now to place upon his mangy brow, and we'll all pay back when Dengar comes marching home. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, when you come up with something like that, you have to sell it more, okay? You're going to read that at the end. You're going to read it at the end. You're going to do it a little bit better, okay? Okay, But uh, let's see. We also have uh, Warren uh, Rayberg, or Renberg? No, Rayberg, who who has two. Okay. Uh, I wonder if I should have put Vader's toilet seat down after I went to the bathroom, (laughs) which is a good one. You can't see that on his face. And then, I wonder if we're allowed to use disintegration. Uh, which brings to mind the robot chicken, of course, where yeah. they give voice to Dengar. D-bombs, D-ray. Got to hunt that bounty, but the bounty's in the hunt, I always say. Tricks of the trade, trade secret, disintegration devices. D-guns, D-bombs, D-missiles. I'm the disintegration machine. Want a guy disintegrated? Get me integrated. That's Dengar's motto. I want them alive. No disintegration. As you wish. Ah, shucks. D-bombs, D-rays. <laughs> if you want to get someone disintegrated, you got to get Dengar integrated. That's my motto. <laughs> uh, Stephen Ward, the previously mentioned. Uh, yep. This cod piece makes me feel more uncomfortable than an extra on Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> <laughs> you really, that really is a very pronounced bulge in that cod piece. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, do you want to do one, Steve? Okay, let's see. Um, where are we at? Uh Let's see, what about... Okay, we got Dwayne's, who uh, who just got the star tat. I'm the baddest-ass space mummy in this or any galaxy. And that, that is... <laughs> <laughs> space mummy. That's good. I like the space mummy. Yeah, space mummy's pretty good. We can't send them two, though, can we? Oh, uh, I don't know. We could I... just choose out and be like, Oh, gee, well, you, just, you won both, but you just get one. <laughs> uh, let's see... What else do we got? Uh, so Jared sends in. Oh, yeah. We got Jared's. <laughs> I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron sends in. Whoa. 
That was a wet one. <laughs> Glad I wore my hat made out of toilet paper. <laughs> I never saw the toilet paper. I only saw it as a bandage. Yeah, I, I think I think that the toilet paper was a new a new angle for me. It does too. look a little bit like a Q-tip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you uh, on point, Dengar? All the time, Fife. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, we got one from Tim Hopkins. Uh, another day, another diaper. Only galactic huggies <laughs> can stop the seepage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these are these are awesome. And then uh, uh, Yehudas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yehudas is the Advil do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, are we missing any? Uh, There's got to be more. Let's see. I got. I got. We actually got a bunch. Um, let's see. Richard. Uh, he had kind of a, an interesting sort of uh, sort of set of them. Okay. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to read these, but uh, Dengar asked for an armor-plated helmet. He should have been a little more specific. And then he said that may take a little working out. <laughs> well, Richard, it may take a little working out because I, <laughs> I don't get it. One second. Like most men, Dengar thinks more about his penis than about his brain. Armor versus bandages. Really? (laughs) That's pretty good. It's true. Uh, And then realization. Realization suddenly hits Dengar that the blaster repelling bandages he bought from Lando may have been a con. (laughs) That's a good one. That's pretty good. I mean, can we allow ones from... From okay, now Steve, read yours again. I'll read mine again with conviction. Okay. All right. There's a gimp behind me. <laughs> okay, it's not funny, but I read it with conviction. Steve, read yours with conviction. Uh, all right, man. I almost need like the underlay of, of the music, but right, uh, I'll put a fife music underneath it. Okay. <laughs> the towel wrap is ready now to place upon his mangy brow, and we'll all pay back when Dengar comes marching home. There, thank you. <laughs> All right, Steve. So, who do you think wins it? Oh man, I for whatever reason the Advil one I think made me laugh the most. Yeah, the Advil do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that one's I I I don't know. I think ah, it's a tough choice. To me, it's between the Advil do nothing and Richard's uh, blaster repelling bandages. Might have been a con. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I, I mean, I think I think Yehuda's is more of a gut laugh. Yeah. Um, whereas Richards is one where it actually works, like not, yeah. not just as like a funny thing, right? But like, um, and I think if we gave it to Yehuda, people would think it was just because he let me stay at his house. <laughs> so I, I, so I say, I say Yehuda. <laughs> wait, does that mean he's not gonna let me stay at his house next time? <laughs> well, anyways, well, I doubt that. I yeah, doubt that. <laughs> yeah. He's known for one thing: being vindictive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's 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 give it to let's give it to Richard. How about that? I think that's fair. That was that was well thought. Yeah, well, well played. <laughs> the blaster repelling bandages he bought from Lando may have been a con. <laughs> oh, awesome, Steve. Uh, good stuff. Uh, well, yeah. As I said earlier, we are having our baseball draft soon. That's right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's see how bad I can do this year. Steve, one of these years you're going to just take the world by storm. Um, uh, and, it'll just uh, be by, by happenstance. It won't be by design. And I, uh, I How's guess, your uh, hockey team doing? Well, you have a hockey team too, Steve. I, uh, do I really? 
<laughs> uh, well, I can uh, tell you, it's things have definitely been been looking up a bit for me. Oh, um, good. I used to be in the Steve. I'm sorry, that's what I call um, the cellar, <laughs> and uh, I've now actually worked my way up, and I am now, as of this exact moment, as it says, loading. I am now currently, Steve, in one, two, three, four, five, sixth place. Hey, that's 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 a that's an improvement. It so, is. I, I am uh, not. I have one improvement. I think I went up from about fifteen points to eighteen. So yep. I am. Uh, I'm doing better. I mean, who can I uh, give thanks to this month? I'm going to go with Kyle Ocposo. <laughs> he's uh, he's not injured, so he's still contributing. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Kyle. All right, Kyle Ocposo. <laughs> that's Steve's player of the month. Yeah. So uh, I guess who's our figure of the month next? Is it uh it's Han Bespin, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Man, are you gonna be cool with Han Solo taking on the fiftieth episode with your <laughs> your bias? Uh, are we gonna we need a special special edition fiftieth? Boy. <laughs> Han Bespin, really? Is that really the next one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Well that's cool. You know, we have been watching all this Indiana Jones. You know, those movies are pretty good, Steve. I know you always kind of, kind of didn't. I remember before when we talked about it, it just wasn't as as big of a deal to you. But uh. well, now that I realize that the whole point of the movie is that college professors are amazing and everyone thinks they're awesome. That's true. It's um, an angle that I think you can you can run with. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, watching it with the kid. Well, see, one of the neat things. Okay, here I'll add in all the depressing stuff. So you know, like when you wind up separating, it's like you can sort of. You sort of like parent how you want to parent. Like you're not collaborative anymore. So that means I was like, I'm like, oh, thank God. Now my son can watch Revenge of the Sith. And now my kids can watch Indiana Jones. Like, because, you know, they're kind of PG-13. I'm not going to go Temple of Doom or nothing. I still want them to go to bed. But, you know, like I can loosen up a bit. So that's been what I call the upside of the downside. So, uh yeah, that's been that's been definitely pretty fun. Oh, those are those are definitely fun movies to watch, especially when you're when you're young. Yeah. Uh, so that was our uh, our, our Indiana Jones cast. <laughs> and, you know, that's what I don't like about that. I don't like that it's always thrown together. Um, yeah, they're, they're, different, they're different things. Yeah, like I, I don't like how they always just manage to say, "Oh yeah, one's like the other." You know, I don't think they are. But no, no. All right. Well, thanks again to Magic Market for uh, being our sponsor this month. Yes. Um, we do indeed it's- remember the part where he fought the guy with the other thing. Oh, hey, yeah. Do you remember the fight with the laser swords when Darth Vader meets Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Steve, we'll, we'll record later this month, and it'll be Han Bespin. Han Bespin's cool. He won the the, the beauty contest That's a couple true. years That's ago. That's true. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can... Do something special? We'll have to... We'll think of something. It'll, it 50s, it's a pretty big one. It is. Um, but really, 48 should have been bigger, because it was <laughs> yeah. you know, 48 back. So, <laughs> And it was. That was the, the great the great Ugnot episode. <laughs> All right, Steve. Is that, uh, oh, is that our show? I think that might be it. All right, cool. Well, then, uh, until next month, on behalf of the Gimp standing behind Dengar and Dengar himself, Wampa Wampa! Adios!